like I don't know. I used to be for marijuana legalization, and now I think I'm against it. Now that it has become a reality, sure, <laughs> I understand that. I think I'm basically just against anything that spreads the proliferation of vaping. <laughs> <laughs> vaping cannot be a good thing. Have you ever gone like gone by one of those stores? Like juggalo terminology that they use for everything. It's just like you're gonna jewel the crystal vape like box. Yeah. I'm like, what the hell are you guys talking about? Like, in my opinion, it should never have been out in the open. Like, marijuana was supposed to be consumed by teenagers in a pine grove outside an abandoned pizza hut. Like, right. that's the only time, the only health benefit from marijuana should have been the cardio you got running from the cops. That's the only thing. And the DVE Morning Show. It's 6 o'clock at DVE. Here's the Channel 11 Severe Weather Center forecast. Enter 11. It's 43 degrees at DVE. The news is brought to us by McDonald's of Val Porter. Donald Trump Jr. has an appointment on Capitol Hill. The president's son has agreed to answer a subpoena from the Senate Intelligence Committee to answer questions about a failed deal to build a Trump Tower in Moscow. His testimony, slated for mid-June, will be under oath behind closed doors. It will be limited to five or six specific topics and should last about two to four hours. Trump Jr. was prepared to defy that subpoena, but the panel reached out to his attorneys to reach an agreement. Tiger Woods and his girlfriend Erica Herman are being sued for the wrongful death of an employee at the Woods restaurant in Jupiter, Florida. The parents of 24-year-old Nicholas Immisberger are suing the restaurant, Woods and Herman, who manages the restaurant, after their son consumed booze at the restaurant just before he was killed in a single-car accident in December. The lawsuit says Immisberger's blood alcohol level was 0.256, more than three times the legal limit in Florida. The suit alleges that Woods, Herman, and other employees knew he had a drinking problem but would regularly overserve him during and after his shifts. Former Steeler Antonio Brown was back in town yesterday to appeal charges related to a speeding case. Yesterday, he had the charges knocked down to driving at unsafe speeds after being pulled over exceeding 100 miles per hour on McKnight Road back in November. At the time, police were looking for a suspect in a nearby bank robbery, and I suppose as fast as he was going, oh, yeah. they probably thought oh. he was the suspect. I didn't know that part of the story. I so, you know, heard he got pulled over for speeding. I had no idea there was a bank robbery. He's lucky he didn't get the spike strip on McKnight Road. Right. That would have been fun. Exactly. He, I mean, he actually came to Pittsburgh yesterday? Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Yeah, I think he posted something on Instagram about it. Like a picture or video. I'm trying to, like, <laughs> block him out of my social media feed altogether, so. I, I feel like that's probably what the judge said. It was just like, just get out of here. Like, just, yeah. you came here, great, just don't come back. Right. An 800-pound man is in treatment at a New Hampshire hospital after ambulance crews worked for over an hour to transport him there. Firefighters responded to the man's Manchester apartment yesterday morning where he was having trouble breathing. After stabilizing him, crews spent about an hour building a makeshift bridge to wheel him in a stretcher from his door to the ambulance. Crews said they spent then another hour transferring him via a hydraulic lift from the ambulance into the hospital. Yeah, You know, there was a story this past week about a drug dealer who had to go to court, and in order to get him to court, they had to cut him out of the house mm-hmm. and do a similar, like, move with What's a, eating Gilbert Grape? A kind of a situation like that. But at that point, I, I would, like, I think the judge would be like, 
why don't we just move it all over to his house, guys? Let's just go over. <laughs> let's, let's just let's take build the, a courthouse next just, to his house. Probably easier to build the courthouse over there than cut his ass out. Bring it here. As a matter of fact, if we have to send him to jail, let's just put bars around that Can house. We Skype him. <laughs> He's already kind of in jail. Oh, it's a personal one, but. <laughs> How many friends do you have? Not social media friends, but real friends. According to a new survey, the average American has about 16 friends. Of those 16 friends, three were described as friends for life. Five were people they really liked and would hang out with one-on-one. The other eight were people responded said, well, they'd like, but wouldn't really spend one-on-one time together. Yeah, I was going to say 16 16 friends. Like That seems like a lot. But eight people, then that's not your friend if you wouldn't spend one-on-one time together. So. Uh, I disagree with that part of it, though, because I definitely have friends, but they're, there's a connective friend between the two of them. Like, I would consider them a friend, but if they're they- They're not a standalone no, friend? No, if they said, like, let's go to Seven Springs on a long car ride together, I'd be like, uh, you know, I think, I don't know if <laughs> I- I'd have to, there? like, research conversation topics and- <laughs> It's George and Elaine without Jerry. Yeah. This is how I said the measure of a true friend. A true friend has some rough idea of how many cousins you have. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good. It's a good general gist. <laughs> yeah, and I feel like I have uh, friends that I grew up with, who I'll always be friends with, mm-hmm. and I see intermittently. But they're as close to me as any friend. Right. I have currently. Mm-hmm. I just don't see them as often. But if they like one of my buddies that I would put in that category popped into town last week, like last second, he's like, Hey, I'm coming in for a concert. And I'm like, Oh, dude, you stay at my house. He's like, All right, cool. Just wanted to see. And then we hung out for the whole day. And I had, you know, didn't plan on seeing him, hadn't seen him. But it's like, you know, seems like old times. As soon as you see him, everything's like it used to be type situation. Um, but I don't see those friends as much. Yeah. The, the guy, you know, the people who live up in Erie, anyways. I have. I have most of my core friends I've known literally like since second grade, since I basically live like pretty close to where I grew up and everything mm-hmm. like that, which is weird for my wife. She's just like, I can't believe you have this many friends that you've known for, you know, 25 oh, years or whatever. Same with my husband. And it must be a South Hills yeah, thing. Yeah, it is. I mean, maybe it is. It the is. roots go deep. But, uh, but one of my friends I just sort of lost contact with, and I was texting him on his birthday, and I realized the last time I texted him was to say happy birthday last year, and I was like, ugh. So I looked at my wife. I was like, you know, I don't think I'm friends with this person anymore. And she just looks at me like bewildered. She's like, yeah, that happens to people. <laughs> I was like, a yeah, but it adult. doesn't really happen to, to people. She's like, no, people lose, like, just drift off and they drift yeah, apart not, and everything like nothing that. Nothing awful happens. You just lose no. touch. That's when you go to light shocking a cigarette to me. and be like, not in the <laughs> South Hills, sweetheart. <laughs> Three of the I'm pe- baking him a pie. <laughs> Three of the people in my brother's wedding party, he went to preschool through 12th grade with Mm -hmm. and they still they're like godfathers to each other's kid they hang out all the time they have never not hung out together like his whole life it's like another sibling they went to college within like a couple hours of each other so they hung out all the time they played on every baseball team together every soccer game like they have never not but i just every time i see those guys they're like my younger brothers also, they've always been there. There is that comfort level when you have your whole life is a shared experience with somebody else. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, they grew up in the same neighborhood. They went to the same school. Know they your did, family. Right. They know the everything. Family weirdness. What I, I went to college with one of my best friends from high school, and I, I think that was a great idea 
because if I hadn't had somebody connecting me to the person that I was in high school, I don't know what kind of mutant I would have become in college. I would have become like a Japanese anime, <laughs> you know, Dungeons and Dragons freak. Like, but I had someone tethering me to, hey, remember when you played JV soccer? Like that, just some level sense of normalcy, like that didn't let me go off the rails too much. It does not allow you to sort of make up your own nickname, false identity, nope. uh, new past. There's no starting over when that person's there. No, and I guess that's new a college. That, that can be a bad new thing, but, but it is also a good thing. Like you ever try to wear like a new hat around your friends? <laughs> it just it won't. Yeah. It never works. They'll just no. trash you. No, yeah. If That's I, not you. If I don't wear the exact same thing around my friends all the time, if one thing's out of yep. place, if there's a pin, if there's a hat, if there's even a different colored shoe, it's the topic <laughs> of the night. I mean, it's right. it's not just a passing comment. It just doesn't end. I tried wearing cowboy boots one time. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> oh. Didn't what work. year? Huh? What year was, was that? probably about eight years ago, maybe. <laughs> I haven't seen them since. They, uh, they, they went to the Goodwill pile immediately <laughs> afterwards. When you take cowboy boots. Were they boots, dingo boots? I went to a wedding in El Paso. Oh, and oh okay. I was like, well, And we went to like a little bodega. I got like cowboy boots for like 40 bucks. Get a bolo tie? Not I I, I. I didn't get a bolo tie. I didn't go that all in. But I wore the cowboy boots out one time. They're like, "Hey, Woody, where's Buzz Lightyear?" <laughs> <laughs> you know, <it's> just like, <laughs> and so that was it. <laughs> where's your horse, Bullseye? Yeah. <laughs> the survey also found the average American adult has mo- not made a new friend in five years. Uh, some other things they found, 45% said they do find it hard to make new friends. 42% said their shyness prevented them from making new friends. And 45% said they would try to make new friends if they had more opportunities to do so. I'm kind of shy. There's a weirdness about you're making... 40. Yeah, there's something weird about making a friend after 40, where you're like, hey, it's we're, hard. we're friends. And then you don't you trust it. You can't call no. it out. Like, yeah. You can't Tommy boy a friendship. We're friends. I take it and I just, I ruin it. <laughs> but it is it, no Val to your point it's very hard and if you meet somebody over the age of 40 and you're friends with them you're like or you become friends with them it feels almost like you have to tread lightly like this is yeah just, how much do you expose you, of your life are you gonna hurt me right yeah. yeah right but I think it's more of like a time and energy thing like your your friends growing up already have their heels entrenched in your life like they're not getting dislodged very much you don't have a lot of time for the new people to bury their hooks in you kind of thing. It's so like you, starting over with a therapist. Yeah. You can't give them yeah. all the backstory <laughs> right. right away. You, didn't you read my file? Right. Come on. Here, I played JV soccer. Um, <laughs> Maybe that would be I'm the scared thing of to cowboy do. boots. <laughs> to have a file. Like in those situations. A like, friend file. Here's, friend my, file. here's like, my background. Here's, here are my papers. <laughs> all your breakups. All your sports embarrassments. Right. Uh, let's see. It's like they had the disclosures in a... In a, in a <laughs> legal yeah. case, yeah. Well, actually, now people have that. It's called Facebook. That is true. Yeah. You can parse through it. I have one best friend from high school that I still am friends with, but she lives in Chicago, and she's raising her grandson, so we don't really have a lot of chance to talk, but when we do, it's like she knows my whole family and all the yeah. weird craziness. And mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, I have a, a theory also, and you tell me if you support this, that women make friends at a one to six ratio that men do like if a man if a man has 12 like friends that he considers friends a woman has two or maybe three that's probably yeah i i I think that's uh, maybe accurate like my wife i would say probably has like four 
really good friends and that's to me that seems weird because that's to me that's not enough i feel like you need like you know 20 people in your in your group yeah no that's way it is in our marriage I think there's yeah. a thing with guys too where you're uh, always worried that at some point you may need a posse for a gang fight that's some true <laughs> yeah can't doing that alone i've i've been in a stage where like a lot of because you know it's like when you're when you have kids and you know you're having this life and you're you're out in the suburbs i have like 20 friends that are kind of dormant right yeah. now <laughs> yeah. that i have to reactivate if I, yeah. if I want to hang out with them again i've right. got to get that network up and running but it's there. It's like the shingles virus. <laughs> <laughs> they always live inside you. It just, it just takes a flare-up. One Steelers game can rekindle. Parents, if you're pushing your kids in athletics because you are convinced that he or she is going to be a pro athlete, uh, you might want to try something else. A new study found that only 2.1% of college student-athletes ever play professional sports at any level for any amount of time. The odds are even worse for younger guys dreaming of big leagues as only one in 4,233 or 0.0236% go from high school sports to college to the pros. Not going to stop me from trying. (laughs) Hey, I have a potentially, uh, if he reaches his full, both my kids, if they reach their full genetic potential, I potentially have two Maybe six three, six four left handers on my hand. So Uh-oh. I'm talking. I'm I'm just teaching them how to throw a knuckleball basically, and see if right. I can ride off into the sunset. No doubt about it. Heck man. yeah! Keep grooming it. That or golf. I always thought that golf would be golf the- will get you a college scholarship. I think. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, these but days, that's worth it. Or volleyball, if they're going to be tall. Believe yeah, it or not, true. crazy as it sounds, mm-hmm. the damn volleyball. Has blown up big time. Really? When I was a kid, nobody Huge. played volleyball. No. It was not it was a like thing. An intramural before school thing. Yeah, now it's like how you get into college without being Felicity Huffman. <laughs> <laughs> See, I remember like like people. You'd always hear parents be like, "I'm not going to live vicariously through my kid," and you're like, "Why not?" It's like the best part about being a, a parent is that I totally understand now those like psycho sports parents and the motivation <laughs> behind it. It's not malicious necessarily. Like they know like in their own lives where they kind of took little mistaken paths and they're just trying to take to tell their kids not to to or to try their right. hardest don't to, to bail on this the full potential right Sidney, I, I get it Sidney crosby's dad he was you know a cup of coffee in the nhl and uh then his son becomes you know the next wayne gretzky and he never leaves his side for 35 years. <laughs> I would like to see a I survey wouldn't. of professional athletes that say either one of their parents would be considered like a, a way overbearing, psycho-involved sports parent. And I bet it's a ton. Oh, my God, yeah. Without Everyone a, in baseball, no everyone Damn. in hockey, probably a lot of people in football. I, you know, All those football players are like their mom was with them right. at every single practice, right. driving them to extra stuff. There's a difference between being a fan and being the great Santini, though. Like, you don't want to be the overbearing, abusive Todd Marinovich's dad. Mm-hmm. No. Um, but they're, you know, like the Harbaugh's, I always point to as, like, you know, I, like I've said many times, Mrs. Harbaugh must run in, into the woods screaming <laughs> several times a day with the, the dad and those two boys, you know. So that was basically like sports camp. Growing yeah. Up. Like any family that has multiple kids in 
professional sports. Right. And Archie Manning, I don't know that he was like a taskmaster, but clearly he'd passed on the athletic right. ability to his kids. The Stahl for, family? Except for Cooper. <laughs> God bless Cooper. Um, but yeah, the Stahl family, sure. There's a lot of hockey families, too. I think hockey- The Gronk family? Yeah. The Watts. Yeah, the Watts. JJ and who's the other one? Um, RJ, Bill, <laughs> Manny, Dennis. They, um, I think hockey might have the most sibling professional athletes. Just, I, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I I mean I'm just thinking about it, it seems like that. There's so many families you could call up just from memory. The Kessels. <laughs> well, the, look, hey, his Amanda sister Kessel. is Phil and a, Amanda. Olympic, yeah. yeah. Um, but, but yeah, there's a bunch in baseball too. Ripkins, Boons. Um, you know, there's a bunch of those sort of names, but football it doesn't seem to happen quite as often. And I don't know why, but the I watch is harder. Work. I think it's just harder to make it in football. There's yeah. less. There's less population. The Wolfleys, Craig oh, yeah. Wolfley, his brother, yeah, his brother Ron. Have you ever seen Ron Wolfley? No, no. Yeah, you'd think you were looking at Craig Wolfley, Dale Wolfley, who did not make it into the NFL. I don't believe, but did become Prince's bodyguard. Really? really? Oh, dude. Dale Wolfley, I believe he's a coach at West Virginia now. He played with my brother at West Virginia. Dale Wolfley is an absolute maniac. And I'm saying that in relation to Craig Wolfley, <laughs> not just a normal person. Compared to Craig Wolfley, Dale Wolfley is a maniac. I have two good sports moments in my life revolving around people who played professional sports. One is that I beat a guy named Calvin Johnson. He was a safety for the New England Patriots, but he played at Penn State. I beat him in racquetball soundly. So that's my number one. <laughs> soundly. My, my, my number two is getting choked out by Craig Wolfley. What? He he used to oh, run a jujitsu studio in, yeah. in Bridgeville, and I used to take that in between uh, summers for wrestling just to kind of keep up with stuff, yeah. and I've been choked out by Craig Wolfley on multiple <laughs> occasions. In fairness to you, you were wearing, wearing cowboy boots, so yeah, it was so, hard to get your footing. <laughs> it was deserved. Craig is one of the best dudes, man. He is the such, nicest oh, guy such ever. a great guy. Yep. I've Such. never been released from a chokehold and been like, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> okay, brother. Whoa. You know, he's yeah. just yeah. He's like the happiest yeah. dude. Uh, here's a show that uh, will turn your stomach. Kate Gosselin will be returning to TLC for a new series. The Mother of Eight will star in a dating show called Kate Plus Date. And the press release yeah. the network says, Raising eight children hasn't granted Kate much time for romance, but with her sextuplets grown and her oldest twins off to college in the fall, the time is right for the well-known mother of multiples to find that special someone. What's the name of those Pittsburgh siblings that have the like, makeover show? Uh, Fords. Um, the, the house. Restored by show. the Fords. Yeah. Yeah. They should do a show with her and they make over her uterus. <laughs> <laughs> hey, there's it's a real open this concept. uterus. Yeah. <laughs> open floor yeah right yeah those property brothers could come in and maybe tell how much you could get for it on the show matchmakers will set the 44 year old 44 year old up with 10 men to see if sparks might fly kate split with her husband john and uh, that happened in 2009 kate plus date returns on june 10th or debuts on june 10th you always think these shows are gonna bomb Yet the case study is Chrisley Knows Best. I've never who met one person guy? who watches that. The commercials all seem like it's the most irritating thing in the world. It's on it's on its like thirteenth season. Is that the like effeminate dude? Yeah. yeah. What what is he famous for? Anything? I have I think he was like a real estate developer or something. 
Do you remember? The only reason I watch it is because it's on after Monday Night Raw. (laughs) What a one-two punch. Yeah. I think everybody keeps watching it to see when he finally comes out. Yeah. It's going to be tonight, for sure. He's going to cripple his family. Do you remember the the old show where it was John and Kate plus eight? I mean, I remember that being a phenomenon. And the the reason that 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 dude somehow made her likable, he single-handedly brought down... uh, what Ed was Hardy. The, yeah, Ed Hardy clothing. Yeah. Yeah. He know he he had so much of it he has to still wear it. He d- he definitely does. He was way in too deep. <laughs> Their I mean, kids are whacked. Doomed. All right, what about uh, how about this? About, about a group of kids you probably forgot about. The uh, eight the Octomom. Octomom kids. Yeah, how old are they? They would probably be 15 by yeah. now, that 16. Old? Yeah. 15? No way. I bet. Hey, what my son? I want my son. I want my son. Remember that nine one one call? What was her name? Oh, that she ended up doing porn. That was like the saddest yeah. thing ever. Oof. Oh, nobody boy. wants to see that. No, that's a disaster zone. <laughs> Takes off her pants. No, they're and there's not just that old. Plywood, like it's <laughs> set up for a hurricane. <laughs> Scaffolding. <laughs> a hurricane. <laughs> yeah. People have spray painted on the front of it. They're only 10. Who wants to see my clown car? <laughs> Not me. <laughs> Not me. Why are people paying for this? I'm just she thinking about little... She has a board in front of it. <laughs> we will be back. spray painted yeah. on yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Hashtag Florida strong. <laughs> Yeah, she had her house turned into like a toddler Gitmo. There was toilets outside. <laughs> no grass in the lawn because the babies were peeing everywhere. Uh, Val, the weather's going to be a little bit nicer today. Yeah, forecast cloud sun. Slight chance of rain, mid-60s for the high. It's 42 at DVE. It is uh, Wednesday. Mr. Wednesday is here. I don't have the Mr. Wednesday song. Where the hell did Mr. Wednesday song go? Joe, can you put it up there? I feel like today with it being sunny, we should play like the frenzy sounding one. Um, I, I just I prefer it on nice days. It's feisty. It is. <laughs> okay. Uh. Well. 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 We'll get to it eventually. We got a big show for you today. Not only is Jeff hanging out with us this morning on Mr. Wednesday. Uh. Hey, your old buddy Vinny Fastline will be on the show. Hey, He's at the nice. Improv, I believe, tonight. Yes. He comes home from L.A. and um, he does uh, does a, a couple shows every year, I believe. But uh, tonight, one of them at the Improv. Michael, be in with your sports in just a little bit. It is Wednesday. Got him and uh, Jeff Conkle hanging out with us this morning. Mike's got your sports when we return. DVE Sports. Mike Pasuda with your sports. Mike, when did Josh Bell finally become the Babe Ruth we were hoping he could be? <laughs> Sometime between the end of last season and the start of this season. Sports this hour brought to you by Bridgeville Appliance. You know, Randall, it's not often that a pitcher can throw seven innings of shutout ball, allow one hit in the process as Joe Musgrove did last night in Arizona, and not be the guy that everybody's talking about after the game. But I think uh, that's actually the case in the wake of the Pirates' 6-2 victory over the Diamondbacks. Yeah, Musgrove uh, bounced back from two uncharacteristically awful starts and dominated, but two more home runs for Josh Bell, numbers 11 and 12 on the season. The context there is 
Josh Bell hit 12 home runs in the entirety of last season. Wow. He now has 12 home runs this season, and it's what, May 15th? 14th? Yeah. It's mid-May. He's going to hit some more. Incredible. Maybe a bunch more. Uh, Four more hits for Bell. Uh, (laughs) They ended up putting him on base, Mike, because it was just, we're not pitching to this guy anymore. Yeah. Smart. His batting average is 329. Oh, his uh, that's that's remarkable. His OPS on base plus slugging is one point zero nine three. He is having as good a year as anybody in Major League Baseball at the plate. No doubt. He sh- he should start selling tickets for these guys. He this is a rare case. He's of winning some- games for him. Somebody's becoming who they said he could. Yeah, you know, it, it sometimes it happens, and you know it's funny you mentioned the ticket thing. I went to the game last Wednesday, and I just took a picture at first pitch like I usually do, and I was standing in front of the bar. The afternoon game. In left field, like I usually am, and there was nobody in the stadium. It was was... a smattering of human beings amid a sea of empty seats, and my timeline was filled with, of course nobody's going, they suck, nothing sucks, they don't spend any money, I'm never going again. Like, the vitriol that this team has earned Earned. with the fan base is, is real. But every once in a while, it doesn't matter. And 21-18, and 18, uh, they just got done winning three out of four in St. Louis, one and one in Arizona. They're beating winning teams on the road. Their head is above water. And it's not gone perfectly smooth. This is not top end of what the Pirates are capable of. Oh, no. How many games have they blown in the late innings? I mean, if they were able to really... Tyone's been a non-factor. Right. The catchers don't have a base hit between them. Lonnie Chisholm hasn't played yet. The bullpen has blown almost 10 games. Dickerson has hardly played. He was perceived to be a key guy. Cole Tucker went from new savior to batting 1.73 himself. <laughs> but uh, but he's still having a good time, and he got into the act last night. He hit his second home run of the season. wonder what that felt like doing it in your hometown mm. in the stadium where you grew up watching Major League games. Melky he, he said he was like a 12-year-old kid. Yeah. He said he couldn't... Uh, he couldn't hold it back. I guess he he ended up getting the ball, which that, that that's you know that's pretty cool. If nothing else comes of his major league career, which yeah, it will. But and, and we talked about this a little bit yesterday. I was watching the the pregame stuff yesterday before the game, and he signed an autograph. He had a bunch of people there because it's his hometown. He doesn't look like a guy who was hitting one seventy seven going into last night. He looked like a no. guy with a smile on his I'm face. In the majors who was playing with energy, and he's he's getting it done in the field. Oh, yeah, he can you pick know, it. you got to hit better than 177, but give it some time, perhaps. Uh, Pirates continue to surprise and uh, sometimes amaze. When they lose, they look bad doing it. <laughs> but they seem to be able to shake it off. Uh, you know, the Clint Hurdle, shower it off, go get them tomorrow mantra. And here they are, 21-18, and 18, going into the uh, third game of the Arizona series. This afternoon, uh, 340 our time, Chris Archer. Coming off the injured list, uh, about time for him to put his foot down and, and start pitching uh, closer to dominating uh, baseball than he has to this point. Uh, Zach Granke, 5-1 and one for Arizona. That 21-18 uh, and 18 record uh, has the Pirates fourth in the NL Central. They are percentage points behind the Cardinals for third, even though they have one fewer loss than does St. Louis. Four games behind the Cubs and a half game out in the wild card. A surprising season for the Pirates so far. Ring the bell. I think surprising is the right word, and uh, it might get worse, but it could get better. If the bottom end, because the 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 low points are very low, 
if the low points could even just stabilize a little bit, they'd be really on fire. Yeah. And, you know, Bill, you mentioned the seven times they've blown a lead when leading after the sixth inning. Mm-hmm. They've won five times in that when they've, when they've been trailing after the yeah. sixth inning. So that's, that's almost as unlikely slash irregular. Mm-hmm. Right. If they, were, you know, if they were winning all the time when they were ahead after six and they were losing all the time when they were behind after six, like most people do, their record would be about the same. <laughs> a little different, not much. Uh, fun team to watch so far. If you want to choose not to watch it, that's your choice. But uh, it's getting uh, a little more interesting with each passing week. Stanley Cup playoffs last night. Uh, the Carolina Hurricanes threw everything they had at Tuka Rask and the Boston Bruins in the first period last night in Carolina. Down two games to none in the Eastern Conference Final. Carolina outshot Boston 20-6 to in the first period. The score at the end of the first period was nothing-nothing. I said on, on Twitter last night, this is the most lopsided 0-0 game I've ever seen. It was incredible. And uh, at the end of the second period, it was 2 nothing Boston. Ugh. And at the end of the night, it was 2-1 to Bruins. They are up three games to none over That's Carolina. It. The Magic may finally have evaporated for Rod Brindamore and the Hurricanes. Tukarask stopped all 20 of those first period <laughs> shots. 11 of those 20 first period shots occurred in the first six minutes and 30 seconds of the game. Oh, so it was a... They were getting a mortar shelling. In they the came first. out flying. Oh, my they, God. They responded down 2-0 at home like you would expect a good team to respond down 2-0 at home. They just couldn't score. They sh- they set up shop in his kitchen and were just getting multiple ch- looks at the net and shots at the net. And he just – it either they weren't elevating the puck or it just was – he got a pad on it. Post here and there. Oh. Couldn't. Couldn't light the light. Brutal. Boston's up three games to none in a best-of-seven series for the 21st time in franchise history. The Bruins are 19-1 and in the previous 20. They lost to the uh, Flyers in 2010 despite a three-games-to-none lead. Uh, the L.A. Kings in 2014 against San Jose, the Islanders against the Penguins in 1975, and the Maple Leafs against the Red Wings in 1942 have also overcome three-games-to-none deficits. Uh, Carolina, if it's going to advance, has lost its last game in the Eastern Conference Final. In the Western Conference Final, uh, Game 3 is tonight in St. Louis. That series is tied at a game apiece. That's not uh, Logan Couture's fault of San Jose. He leads the NHL postseason with 13 goals and 19 points, and he scored uh, two goals in each of the first two games against the Blues. Uh, World Championships today, uh, 10-15 on the NHL Network. Team USA against Great Britain in the preliminary round. The U.S. is fifth in Group A after three games with five points. Got to get up among the top four to make the uh, medal round. The, Great the, Britain? The postseason round. Yeah, first first U.S. game against Great Britain since 1962. I feel like I couldn't even name you one British NHL player. I'm guessing no. they don't, I'm guessing they don't have any Great Britain's first three games on the way to an 0-3 record. 3-1 loss to Germany. Eight nothing loss to Canada and Ooh. a nine nothing loss to Denmark. Aye. A lot of good Belfast players yeah. that you're not thinking of right now. That's true. Sweden <laughs> Sweden beat Norway nine to one yesterday. Two more goals for Patrick Hornquist. He has seven in the tournament. He's finding his touch again. Again, like hockey, Josh Bell. That's it's pretty encouraging. I, I, you know, doesn't mean he's going to score sixty three next year for the Penguins, but. <laughs> It's still in there somewhere. He's going to come out of what was a very frustrating year for him and uh, a concerning year feeling pretty good about the way it ended. 
Val, what do you got coming up? Uh, Excuse me. Coming up at the top of the hour, we're going to talk about the best states for beer lovers and where Pennsylvania falls in that list. Jeff Conkle, Mr. Wednesday, hanging out with us this morning. Don't forget the DVE Morning Show Comedy Festival, the 50th anniversary of DVE. Uh, we decided to blow it up big time this year. Billy Gardell, your MC, Bill Burr, your headliner with Roy Wood Jr., Jessica Kirsten, Ian Bag, Bill Crawford, get your tickets. We just released some uh, some some tickets down close by the stage the other day. I'm not sure if they're still there or not, but we have released a bunch more like just throughout the arena because this thing is selling. Mike, like what? Hotcakes, Hot cakes. Hot It is the DV Morning Show. How would you like to have named your daughter Khaleesi and then they total, do a total plot twist in it Game of Thrones? to show you. Don't don't name your kid until that character arc is done. <laughs> right. <laughs> Got to be careful. A lot on that of Dexter's one. running out there that people are pretty disappointed with. <laughs> Wait a second. <laughs> um, Jeff Conkle, Mr. Wednesday, is hanging out with us this morning. Val, I'm not sure if we got to the story or not, but in London a couple of weeks ago, a woman awoke from a coma. She had been in a car accident in 1991 at the age of 32. She awoke April, the third week of April, after 27 years. She's now nearly 60 years old. Wow. And she got in the car accident with her son, who was then four years old, who survived the accident and was okay. He's been by her side the whole time. He's now 32 years old. That that's crazy. So this is oh my god. One that's of I want to cry just thinking about it. One of the longest tenured comas. Ten years probably the wrong way to say it. <laughs> but making me sound like congratulations. Yeah, the longest Survive? coma streak. Professor Emeritus <laughs> at Coma University. It was uh, one of the longest comas that anybody ever survived. Yeah, 27 years. It's unbelievable. Now, Think what's, of, her, what's her condition now? Very slow. Like, it wasn't like she woke up and she was like, it's Wednesday, right? You know, <laughs> she was like very groggy, a little bit at a time coming out, you know, and showing mm-hmm. signs of, of being awake, like fingers moving to, you know, actually learning how to speak again and stuff like that. But think about being under for 27 years and how different the world has been. I don't know that there's any period of time in the sort of post-industrial age where if you were asleep for 27 years, the world wouldn't be completely different. You know, I'm sure what? in medieval times there was probably not a lot of advancement. Right. But, you know, nowadays it's insane. And cell phones. Thing, yeah, like we're ever going to get to yeah. Encino Man. A real life Encino Man. Yeah. <laughs> she didn't know that any... The internet... There was no internet in 1990. She missed the whole grunge era. Yeah, well, that's kind of how I look at it, is that everyone's like, oh, think of all of the stuff that she missed. Oh, man, and this is just so strange to her. But I look at it like, well, think of all the stuff that she didn't have to endure. Yeah. (laughs) She never had to watch According to Jim. Never knew (laughs) that Jim Belushi had a sitcom. Didn't have to half-assedly participate in the Macarena. That's right. Wedding. (laughs) That was that's a that's a big perk. Those potato chips that made your anus leak. Oh yeah. (laughs) Skipped right past that. Now see, if I was a doctor and like you know, I would imagine she had a team of doctors and they probably saw that she was coming out of this coma and they were probably like, okay, we don't want to jar her too much. What's something that hasn't changed? 
from 1991 to 2019, and I'll guarantee you they just she just woke up to a big poster of John Stamos because <laughs> he looks exactly the same as he did back then, just He's as just handsome. He's selling yogurt now. Yeah, he really does look exactly the same. But there, look, you know, she could enjoy the Cosby Show right now, oh, guilt free. <laughs> <laughs> the entire thing. Oh man, it's making me. Wanna... She skipped the whole Susan Boyle saga. Yeah, doesn't have to worry about a union delegate from the cracker plant in Beaver <laughs> singing something from Les Mis. <laughs> I mean, she doesn't. She could uh, turn on the radio and a Michael Jackson song comes on, and she just enjoys it. That's it. This is good. This is good. I did like the this. OJ. When did the OJ thing? That was 93. Ooh, 90, 93. That was a yeah. trial. The trial was 94, 95. Yeah. So she would have missed all that. Yeah. Listen, I'm glad. I love OJ. I'm glad she's okay. But I th- really feel like the more important question is what kind of health insurance does this lady have? What, what is your copay <laughs> on a 30 year Ooh. hospital stay? Ooh. I went yeah. to a hospital one night. They charged me $43 for a box of Kleenexes. <laughs> Isn't that ridiculous? That, God, some of the. But honestly, like, how yeah, does that who's work? Who's keeping the juice on that going? <laughs> yeah. I think, well, because it, it happened in London, I and mean, they, they have oh, yeah. socialized medicine there. So it's national, nationalized, nationalized, socialized, whatever. They have. They have health care there. But in those cases here in the United States, they don't just go, well, turn off the machines. They can't pay. I mean, generally, right. they will use you as a guinea pig if right. nothing they'll, else. They'll liquidate your house. and you know, Unless you have a living will. How long was Terry Schiavo in a coma? Because that was a big controversy here. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. The right to life thing. It was years. like at least two decades. I thought it was 10 years at least. 14 years or something? 14 or 15 years? I feel bad for my nieces because now every time I see them, I'm like, you guys know you have to kill me, right? Like mm-hmm. if something goes, if if I'm there, you got to kill me. And oh, they're like, my. stop saying that. I'm like, no, no, no. This is important. None of this. My finger moved. Let's keep me yeah. alive for two more years. Crap. I just we- Googled how long was Terry Schiavo in a coma? And it came up with a Time article, the top 10 comas. Hey, hey, that's nine o'clock hour. She's number three on the list. (laughs) How long was coming Uh, in in number three? Ten years. Terry Shiva, what are your favorite coma patients? Number one has to be somebody from Dallas or something, right? (laughs) Sonny Von Bulow. Oh my God, Klaus Von Bulow's wife. How long? Uh, oh, this is kind of long. How am I going to get through this? Keep talking. I'll I'll calculate. I don't understand how uh, how it works that your body does that and can wake up that many years later. I know people who've been in short periods of time comas. I was talking to my friend uh, Roy two weeks ago, and he reminded me he was out for like two years. What? Car accident. What? Two years. There's a great line in Seinfeld where somebody's in a coma, and you just hear the person waking up out of the coma, and they just go, how do you feel? And they go, I feel so refreshed. Mm-hmm. And I just thought that was the funniest like yeah. take on that. Like you're not disoriented. It's just like you had a nice sleep for ten years. Like you needed it. Sonny Von Bulow died of cardiopulmonary arrest in a Manhattan nursing home, December twenty, uh, December sixth, twenty seven years, eleven months, and fifteen days after God, she lost consciousness. Now we were talking about this story of the woman who woke up after twenty seven years, and uh, the other night, and my friends were saying, "Do you even want to wake up after twenty seven years?" And I said, "Yes." I mean, the ideal what? situation would be if you were be... about to go to jail for 27 years. You're like, <laughs> right, just you put just me go. in a coma. Tank Carter. <laughs> Wake me up 
when I'm out. We Before ju- I go, go. <laughs> <laughs> we just did kind of our last punch list of adult things that my wife and I have to do is we just got our wills done, like living trust, all that, all that kind of stuff. And the attorney, you know, he's talking about all these horribly morbid scenarios and like it's a really heavy meeting but he's this is what he does all the time so he's not affected by it whatsoever mm-hmm. and he sees that we're kind of getting you know we're thinking about you know who they who's going to get the kids if we die what if one of them dies like all this horrible stuff and he looks at us because he sees where they're kind of getting to a dark place and he goes listen he goes 99 percent of my clients are still alive and I was like, what a great tagline. That should be out on your, on your yeah. billboard right there. <laughs> that The living will meeting with the lawyer is like, I mean, it is kind of funny because it, it reminded me of um, my tour guide at Laurel Caverns last week. They say this stuff so many times it loses meaning. So he's <laughs> like, in the event that you are rendered incapacitated and within an inch of your life, do you want to be stay alive? Do you want to be kept alive by right. machines? Blah, 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 blah. Yes or no. Right? You know, and you're, you're contemplating the scenario yeah. as horrific. Like, oh, my God. They're like, if you die, if your wife dies, if your parents die, if their parents die, you're like, what? What kind of apocalyptic scenario did we just enact here? My sister made me their emergency. If they go down in a plane crash, I'm taking care of their kids. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I think you should take some time and think about this <laughs> before you formally ask me, and before I formally accept. Make sure this is what you want. She's like, I get it. Shop nice around. passive aggressive <laughs> attempt at that one. We'll go to somebody. We got a lot of siblings. Exactly. Fine. No, I was like, yeah, dude, I'll take them. It's fine. It'll be a sitcom. <laughs> <laughs> I never wanted to do a a, a living will or get any kind of life insurance because I'm like, that's what always happens two months before somebody gets murdered mysteriously. Right, no life. He had yeah. just gotten a life insurance policy for a million dollars. Yeah, if somebody laughs maniacally as you're signing the paper. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. He says, gotcha. Sorry, I have some acid reflux. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, it is uh, uh, Mr. Wednesday, Jeff Conkle, hanging out with us here. What do you got coming up? Uh, we're, I'm still pumping this Game of Thrones roast that we're going to do down oh my at the, God. Uh, the Burning Bridges uh, Comedy Club down in Lawrenceville. What What is the date on that? It's a two weeks. It's going to be the first weekend in June. We're doing two shows. I think one Friday, two Saturday. I definitely want to go to this. This is going to be so good. Yeah, me it's, too. You, th- these roasts are usually very, very good. And the uh, the pro- the problem that I always had with them was they were always one shots. So people would get in costume. They, I mean, we have like theatrical productions, and then it was just one show. You do for you do your ten minute bit, and then that was it. You spent four months working on this right. thing, and then that was pretty much it. So uh, John Winners and Derek Minto have uh, kind of expanded the palette a little bit um, to to extend it to a couple a couple shows, and it's going to be good timing. I'm imagining people are going to be either happy or disappointed with how season eight ended. So you can come cleanse your uh, uh, you know criticisms or or purge your loves whatever can you, you imagine do. any way that that show would end that would make everybody happy though there's no way it doesn't people seem like it's trending that invest- way yeah the, the people are too emotionally invested and then everybody got mad because the creators of the television show it had been revealed yesterday have signed on to do the next star wars trilogy and everyone's like oh that's why they didn't care about the last season and there's coffee cups in the scenes and the the plot stinks and well this is my <laughs> theory on it is that they want this last season to be unfulfilling because the guy is still going to write books 
So there's going to be probably two more books that come out after this season, and they, if it's totally disappointing, they might have completely different endings, and then they'll sell a trillion dollars worth of books, too. All right, where mm-hmm. can people get tickets for that Game of Thrones? I think it's just burningbridgescomedy.com. Okay, we'll link it at dve.com, too, because that those should sell out. I mean, I still think that, you, that John and Derek should take that on the road. That should go yeah. around... Uh, greater Pittsburgh, because that that is just an absolutely great idea. Uh, Jeff Conkle this morning. Val's got news when we come back. We're going to talk about the best states for beer lovers and where Pennsylvania ranks. Berg. You ever try to wear like a new hat around your friends? <laughs> it just, it, won't, yeah. it never works. They'll just trash you. I tried wearing cowboy boots one time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh didn't what work. What year? Huh? What year was, was that? Probably about eight years ago, maybe. <laughs> I haven't seen them since. They, uh, they, they went to the Goodwill pile immediately <laughs> afterwards. When you say cowboy boots. Were they boots, dingo boots? I went to a wedding in El Paso. Oh, and okay. I was like, well, And we sorry. went to like a little bodega. I got like cowboy boots for like 40 bucks. Get a bolo tie? Not, I, 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 no, I didn't get a bolo tie. I didn't go that all in. But I wore the cowboy boots out one time. And they're like, hey, Woody, where's Buzz Lightyear? <laughs> <laughs> you know, <it's> like, <laughs> and so that was it. <laughs> where's your horse, Bullseye? Yeah. <laughs> Randy Bellman and the DVE Morning Show. Jeff Conkle on the show there earlier this morning, Mr. Wednesday. You can catch him doing the roast, the Game of Thrones roast at Hambones coming up in a couple of weeks. And tickets at burningbridgescomedy.com for that one. I'm definitely definitely going hell yeah i was telling you guys off the air i'm at the point with game of thrones and i know it's annoying to people who don't watch but i will watch any content that has anything to do with the characters off screen on yes i watched a video yesterday of tormund uh the friend zone guy from khaleesi <laughs> Jor- Jor- jora yeah marmont and, and the guy with like 10 lives they were the fire in, guy they're in costume off camera in their trailers singing a Tom Waits song. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, this is great. And then I caught myself like enjoying it. And I'm like, what? what is wrong with me? I'm with you, man. I just watched a video of Grey Worm beatboxing into a megaphone. <laughs> Grey Worm and uh, Varys, uh, those two guys, I am going to have a hard time the rest of my life seeing them in anything and not thinking, that guy doesn't have a penis. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, eunuch forever. Yeah, hashtag eunuch forever. Eunuch strong. Um, Val's typing away. Must be breaking news over there. No, just getting ready. <laughs> it's like, no, I'm just trying to drown you idiots out. <laughs> uh, just doing my job. Just working. Vinny Fastline will be on the show later this morning. Uh, Pittsburgh uh, comic who moved to L.A. years ago and has been killing it out in Los Angeles. Crushing it. Uh, he's doing the improv tonight, so we'll uh, we'll hang with Vinny a little bit later on this morning. Val, what's going on now? Here's the Channel 11 Severe Weather Center forecast. Center 11. It's 42 degrees at DVE. The news is brought to us by Kubota Tractors. I'm Val Porter. Alabama State Senate has passed a bill that would ban nearly all abortions. The Senate voted down an amendment that would have added exceptions for rape and incest. The new measure would make abortions illegal, except to prevent serious health risks to the mother. Alabama Governor Kay Ivey has not said if she will sign that into law. Dozens of Lawrenceville businesses cleaning up after a pair of nearby water main breaks caused headaches yesterday. The first break happened on Butler Street between 39th and 42nd. The other on 31st Street. There is no word on how significant the repair work is on each of those sites and how long it'll take. Some number crunchers at Groupon have determined the best state for beer lovers is California. 
They base their decision on the quality of the beer, the affordability of the beer, and how excited people of the state are about beer in general. Uh, After California, it's Colorado, Michigan, Illinois, Massachusetts, Iowa, Pennsylvania, Minnesota, New Jersey, and Arizona. Are you a beer drinker? No. You drink wine. Yeah. I did... I did. I used to drink beer. I love beer. Is it is it a taste thing or just you don't react well to I it? I think it's <laughs> it makes me feel bloated. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think that's a, a common refrain from a lot of people. Yeah, it's I get just really full on a couple of beers. The best thing to do is to feel bloated before you start drinking beer. Then it doesn't do anything. My uh, big pet peeve with drinking the new beers is when you you go into a bar and they're like we have 12 beers on tap and none of them are just a regular old-fashioned like Budweiser Mm -hmm. Bud Light give me one of those at least everything is like a micro brew and I do like some of those a lot some of them are delicious and but you just can't sometimes I want to pound five Bud Lights I don't want to have two milkshakes and then I'm looking at the tap trying to make okay give me the canoe with a duck in it I don't know what that is. (laughs) And I am almost always on the side of bartenders with everything because people are such jerks when they're demanding a drink. There is something about people's expectation when they're on the customer side of the bar. Like, hurry up and get my drink. This is what I'm here for, and you're the person delaying it. I don't know what it is, but people oftentimes bark at bartenders. So typically I'm on their side, but I hate when I say, uh, what is the beer list? And then they point to some like chalkboard 40 feet in the air that I was supposed to see right away and act like I'm an idiot. They're like, it's up there. there. (laughs) You came here to read, right? (laughs) Get to the reading. It's like carved into some driftwood or something. Is the pumpkin thing, did that jump the shark? Seasonal. No, I know, but no. it seemed like for a few years it was crazy, and now it's kind of like, eh. I mean, there's a million available, but it doesn't seem, or maybe it's just the people I know are like, yeah, we got in on that early, so we're, we're over it. If I'm not mistaken, it was $72 a 12-pack for the Southern Tier one. Yeah, it was not cheap, Like the, the pumpkin beer. $6 a beer. Is that right, Joe? Is it the pumpkin? Yeah. Yeah, that's one of the most expensive ones. Yeah, I got to say, like, I've been, you know, on this super light beer or like a Pilsner light beer kind of something I can drink a bunch of, but I got one of those sample cases of Southern Tier. Oh, yeah. I'm hooked. Oh, yeah. Like, there's some real good beers in there. I mean, I can't drink a lot of them because mm-hmm. you'll just be hammered. It's like two times Xmas or, you know, s- some kind of oh, thing dude, that has... Yeah. Double IPA. I'm mm. like, I don't know what this is, but after one, I'm feeling a little silly. Daddy's gonna dance. <laughs> what is it? What is the dark beer? What it, that's a porter. A Val Porter. Yeah. Dude, how do you not have your own beer at like Full Pine Brewery or something like that? Like Full Pine Brewery should be doing a vanilla porter, a Val Porter, a Val Vanilla, oh, Val vanilla Porter. That makes me seem boring, dude. I am kind of boring. No way. Uh, the Breckenridge Brewery Vanilla Porter is like one of the. Most yeah, but you say something's there. vanilla, that makes it seem like boring. Right, milk toast porter, right? Um, exactly. All right, uh, all right, just call it the val- snoozer porter. <laughs> just call it the foul porter, and then like hop it up with booze, 
I did. Did I tell the story a couple weeks ago on the air? I feel like I did. I told, I'm petitioning I told a local recently, brewery to come up with the Val Porter, by the way. I When I wrote for the Pittsburgh Sports Report, I mm-hmm. did just like a silly column. And I did a column about if I, like all the different Porter beers, and my name would be like one was Wild Goose Porter. I'm like, if I was a major league pitcher, that would be my name. Oh, that's good. I like that. Wild Goose Porter. Yeah. Wild, you have a big chew in. Right. Yeah. And big mutton chops. Yeah, you'd be a knuckleballer. Yeah. Uh, someone's got to come up with a Val Porter. That's got to happen. Yeah. But the uh, back to those variety packs of beers. Yeah. During the holidays, I always want to have a party on like February 1st where a bunch of people come over and drink all the crappy beers that nobody drank out of the variety packs that people <laughs> brought to my house. And there's like, you know, Uncle Polka's IPA, you know. They're always like, uh, like they have like, Red peppers or chipotle in them or something like that. Mm-hmm. You're like, Why is there sriracha in my beer? Ham salad porter here. Yeah. Is um, is hard cider considered beer? No, it's cider, okay. but it is. It'll booze you up. It'll get you going. Like Grist House has good ciders. Mm. No, that's a no for me. That's a that's, no? a, okay. that's a a Francisco Cervelli for you. No, no. <laughs> nope. No. A- a 29-year-old man, uh, Florida man, says he plays his best basketball when he's naked. Jordan Anderson was arrested Monday in Longwood after a park employee reported the Longwood. 5'6", 220-pound Anderson was playing basketball naked. The arresting officer said when he asked why, Anderson said that playing naked enhances his skill levels. <laughs> Guess Nobody those cumbersome... can post me up down low. Right. The officer did ask that he put his clothing on before he arrested him. And we, we talked about this last week when you were on vacation. There are so many Florida Man stories. There's going to now be a television show called Florida Man. There has to be. And I can't remember what. It's on one of the smaller networks. But I, I mean, if I'm, I'm running for office there, I, I'm flat out saying, I'm going to try and end Florida Man. <laughs> has uh, Is there a state that has a stigma like Florida? I don't think so. I mean, besides from, you know, the Alabama, West Virginia, Mississippi jokes that we always have. Right, like, but... But the constant... Whacked out like, on yeah. naked arrests. Arrests. Yeah, that doesn't. Those jokes aren't with West Virginia. No, it stepped up a notch when they started eating their homeless. Well, it was. Uh, by the face, <laughs> the face first. That's what bath salts will do to you. Apparently, apparently, it makes you real hot and uh, pretty hungry. <laughs> that one didn't really catch on, right? People aren't doing bath salts anymore. It didn't become so in vogue. Much. It's not like Coachella; no. everybody's doing bath salts. But anytime I hear somebody's naked, I always assume it's bath salts That's or PCP, like something that makes you sweat and not like clothing. Yeah, because wasn't Martin Lawrence arrested like naked on the highway on PCP? Yeah. So PCP makes you take off your clothes when you're Sherman. Police Isn't in- that what they call it in training I didn't day? Realize that was. Charm, PCP, Charm. angel dust. Charm. All right, oh, I'm sorry. That's okay. Police in Eloy, Arizona are investigating after an officer pulled over a vehicle on a highway and noticed a dead woman in the passenger seat. Police say the driver, Rodney Puckett, claimed he and his 74-year-old wife were traveling from Oklahoma and that she passed away at a hotel in Texas. So he said he strapped his wife's body in the passenger seat and proceeded to their destination. Investigators in Texas are determining if that death was a murder. Puckett was arrested on charges of abandonment and concealment of a body. I, I would argue that he did neither of those things. No, he, he just ain't editing her. He took her, and he had her kind of in the open in the passenger seat. Yeah. Well, he might have murdered her, though. Uh, yeah, but they didn't charge him with that yet. 
Oh, okay. He's like, well, they charge him. Ethel died, and I do want to use the HOV lane on the way back. He, he, Guess what? The radio station ain't changing now. <laughs> he could be facing additional charges, though. Well, didn't that happen to a family whose grandparents or grandmother or father died on the way back to Toronto from know. like North Carolina? It was a couple weeks ago, and because I remember making Aunt Edna jokes about it. It happened in Little Miss Sunshine. Yes, Alan Arkin died. Yeah, good movie. Great movie. Yeah, it's a really good movie. Loved it. Spoiler alert. That was Abigail. Breslin. Yeah, that was her first uh, mm-hmm. first movie. It's really good. How old is she now? 40. 48, yeah. <laughs> Motley Crue winning the fan vote at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. The band took first place this past weekend in the Hall of Fame's Voice Your Choice fan vote. Blink-182 had been in the lead up until now. Votes for Motley Crue have been surging since the release of the Motley Crue movie The Dirt on Netflix back in March. The late comic book legend Stan Lee's former manager has been charged with elder abuse. L.A. City News Service reports Kia Morgan was charged with five counts of elder abuse, including false imprisonment, fraud, and forgery back on Friday. Lee died in November, and the charges stem from an incident last summer. Morgan became involved with Lee in 2017, and the Marvel Comics co-founder's family got a restraining order against him last year. Lee's family accused Morgan of seizing control of Lee's Hollywood Hills home and hiring security guards that he ordered to keep relatives and associates away, and then he moved Lee out of the house. Finally, uh, sad news yesterday afternoon. Uh, at the end of the show, we found out Doris Day died. I don't think we ever got to talk to her because it was the very end of the show. And Tim Conway died yesterday morning in L.A. Yeah. He was 85 and had been suffering from a brain condition that forced his retirement in recent years. Characters like the oldest man, Mr. Tudball, whose accent was inspired by his <laughs> Romanian mother, were standouts. And so was his portrayal of an inept, just-out-of-school dentist. <laughs> oh, that was the best. He was well-known for ad-libbing on camera to the surprise of his co-stars. Uh, the Ohio native was a three-time Emmy winner. I loved Tim Conway so much as a kid. I mean, the not just the Carol Burnett show, which, I mean, you could list the classic Tim Conway sketches. For me, the, the dentist one is always going to be the gold standard. I mean, watching yeah. him make Harvey Corman laugh his ass off, I think that too many people took what they did on the Carol Burnett show and thought like, oh, breaking up on camera is the way to be, you know, like Jimmy Fallon and all mm-hmm. those guys. Like, most times I like it when people stay straight and I think that makes the sketch funny, but when someone who is as skilled of a comedian as Harvey Corman is made to laugh, then you know it's... And, and Tim Conway is not breaking at all through any no. of those guys. Mm-hmm. He almost never broke. The only time that comes to mind where he broke was when he did the whole the elephants with the fused trunks thing on the Mama's Family sketch and Carol Burnett just cannot keep it together and he's talking about how they that they make the sound as a you know <laughs> and um then Vicky Lawrence ad-libbed um something about their 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 butts and that made him fall off the couch laughing. <laughs> but those those were so so great all of those sketches but the apple dumpling gang mm-hmm. with the private eyes the don knotts movies yep i watched them a thousand times when i was a kid uh mikhail's navy oh yeah that's that was his first yeah role he, and what was the deal on the carol burnett show like he wouldn't do it exactly how he would do it live on the show he always put something he, in yeah it. he would always keep something yeah here's uh here's a clip from the dentist joe if you can pop me up Hello? Hello, doctor. Uh, well, that'll be $20. <laughs> $20? You, you, you haven't done anything yet. 15 
Look, doctor, please listen to me. I, I, I have a terrible toothache. I am in terrible pain. I want you to do something to stop the pain. Either fill the tooth or pull it. Oh, gosh. Uh, why, C's. C's? Yeah, see, in dental school, in filling and pulling, I only got C's. That was just kind of an average grade. <laughs> I got A's in cleaning, though. You want me to clean it for you? <laughs> Will it stop the pain? No, but it'll look great. Boy, I can polish it right up he, the physical oh. comedy in that sketch where he, he gets the Novocaine in his hand first, yeah. and then he can't put the syringe into his mouth, and he's like and trying. he can't turn the pages, because yes. he's looking yeah. up things. Yeah. And then he then he Pull ends up putting it into his hip, tea. and his whole right leg goes numb. It's, it, it's just so silly. He was so And funny. then he puts it in his head. Yeah. <laughs> and he kind of breaks a little, like he smiles. He doesn't break. Mm-hmm. He uh, he and Harvey Corman always made uh, a big joke out of the Emmys, too. Like, every year they kind of would screw around at the Emmys. They both won Emmys. The one time Harvey Corman won and Tim Conway went up with him and just, like, like leaned on him, stood behind him. <laughs> he lost to him. And then another year, um, Matt Oswalt tweeted out, like, this compilation of their Emmy appearances yesterday. There was another year where Red Fox was announcing the nominees and they said he said Tim Conway's name and Tim Conway just went onto the stage <laughs> and then so he's just standing there and everyone's like looking at him like you know he hadn't read the winner yet and then Harvey he said Harvey Corman's name and then Harvey Corman went up and they were both they just both stood there like waited for the winner to be called and it was Chevy Chase so Chevy Chase went up and he's like get out of here go on oh that's awesome and they were just like their attitude was who cares it's the Emmys yeah it's not important it's right, not a big right. deal but uh, he he was a comedy legend. There's a podcast with the filmmaker Paul Thomas Anderson, who is from Cleveland originally. I think his dad was originally Goulardi, who was like their their um, Billy, uh, the horror movie guy. Well, I can't think of his oh, name. Oh, Bill Cardell. Yeah, it's like their Billy Cardell. Uh, at any rate, he tells a bunch of Tim Conway stories about his dad having worked with Tim Conway and Tim Conway coming over the house. And by all accounts, everywhere Tim Conway went, he acted like Tim Conway. <laughs> Everybody has great Tim Conway stories. He was in Mike and Molly. I didn't realize. I miss. I must have missed that episode. But Billy and Reno were um, tweeting out pictures and videos from his uh, his appearance on yeah, the show. I hadn't realized that either. Yeah, me either. Total legend. That, so the, he was working the, that recently. The Carol Burnett show. I mean, so the best. flipping good. Still yeah, right. One of the greatest lines not, ever uttered. One of the best jokes on television when she's her dress is the is the curtain. Yeah, they do that Gone with the Wind sketch, <laughs> right. and she's just wearing a curtain, this huge curtain. And he's like, "Lovely dress," and she's like, "Thank you." I saw it in the window, and I simply. Had to, had to have it. Forecast today: clouds, uh, sun, maybe some rain. Mid sixties for the high. It's forty three at DV. Hey, Roger Daltrey lost his mind at a Who concert in New York last night. We'll play the clip of him screaming at people in the audience. Get off my lawn. Now look, I kind of feel for him a little bit. He's allergic to pot smoke, and dudes were blazing right in the front row. Apparently, Sean McDowell went right from his retirement announcement <laughs> to see the Who last night. Mike's got your sports when we come back. The Pirates, Josh Bell is on fire. Buckos win. Full report now. DVE Sports. All right, Mike Pursuit has got your sports right now on the DVE Morning Show. Sports is are brought to you by Dormont Appliance. It was one to nothing Pirates in the fifth inning last night in Phoenix, but it didn't stay one nothing Pirates for long. 
tipped out to center. How high will it go? <laughs> that was a mammoth blast by Josh Bell. That's only one. That's only kind of hints. Mammoth blast. Home run number 11. He's driven in all three tonight. Look that up by the cameras. Wow. Wow was right. Yes, that's correct. Understatement. Yeah, the dugout uh, as excited as anyone last night in Phoenix. Uh, that's what it sounded like uh, when Joe Block and Bob Walk talked about Josh Bell's 11th home run of the year on AT&T Sportsnet, but uh, those two guys weren't done talking about Josh Bell home runs just yet. Oh, wow. my! Wow! Goodness gracious! He can do whatever he wants. <laughs> the king of baseball right now is Josh Bell. Look at that. When we get back to Pittsburgh, I want to hear some MVP chants. This guy has been so unreal. That's unbelievable. 460. Joe Block sounds like a foamer seeing a train. <laughs> oh, look at that. It's getting a little excited, but uh, there's hey, reason. with good reason, yeah, man. Reason for excitement, I, I, you know, MVP in mid-May is a little bit premature, but uh, the numbers are almost inconceivable for a guy who hit 261 last year with 12 home runs and 62 RBI. Let me just give you first Josh Bell through his current 14-game hitting streak. He went four for four last, or excuse me, two for four last night. Drove in four. Hit the two home runs. Pirates beat the Diamondbacks six to two. During Josh Bell's current fourteen game hitting streak, he is hitting four twenty one with six homers, twenty one RBI, and he has had two or more hits eight times in the fourteen games. On the season, Josh Bell's three twenty nine batting average ranks fifth in the National League. His twelve home runs are tied for fourth. His thirty nine RBI are second, and his one point oh nine three OPS is third. I mean, might not be the king of baseball, but he's in the uh, small council. Pretty good. <laughs> Pretty amazing stuff. Cole Tucker also hit his second home run of the year, part of his homecoming to Phoenix during this series against the Diamondbacks. Melky Cabrera went three for four. He's hitting 342. 342. Melky, who I don't think anybody thought he was going to deliver the way he has at the plate. It's a good thing too because they, you know, you're getting production out of guys in an area where you thought maybe Gong would step up and hasn't been able to. So people are filling in the gaps at the plate a little more than I think most fans anticipated. I thought Cabrera would be a credible major league bat. No, he's been great. He's he's been way more than that. And uh, we can finally get around to talking about the starting pitcher last night, Joe Musgrove. Seven innings, one hit. No runs, two walks, and five Ks. That looked like Joe Musgrove last night. He yep. Had, he had given up 13 earned runs in five and two-thirds, combined his last two starts. So it was uncharacteristically ineffective. But he came out of that last start saying, eh, it's nothing, I'm, I'm healthy, it's no big deal, I'll figure it out. If you had to win one game with the Pirates right now, who would you pick to be on the mound? Right now with Tyone not healthy? Yeah. Trevor Williams. Trevor, yeah. 
but Joe Musgrove would be in the conversation. See if Chris Archer can get in the conversation. Uh, one more against the Diamondbacks. Yeah, that one, boy, I that trade not not panning out quite the way they thought it would, given what the other guys are doing, what Austin's doing, and what Glasnow's doing. Yeah, I think if you get what you were hoping to get out of Archer, you don't care so much. But you haven't. But you haven't. Uh, he's he's going. He's think- been let down a little bit at the with run support, but by and large, he has to be better. Maybe he'll take a step toward that uh, end today. 340, the uh, series finale against Arizona. Chris Archer against Zach Granke. Archer's 1-2. and two. Granke is 5-1. and one. Bruins beat the Hurricanes last night 2-1 to one in Carolina to take a three-games-to-none lead in the Eastern Conference Final. It was the Tuka Rask show. <laughs> Carolina out shooting Boston 36-31, uh, to 31, including 20-6. to six. In the first period, 11 shots in the first six minutes and 30 seconds of the game. It was nothing-nothing after one. The Bruins got two goals in the first 628 of the second period, and uh, Carolina could only get one back. So it's 3 nothing Boston. Only four teams in NHL history have overcome a three-games-to-none deficit to advance. Uh, the Kings did it to the Sharks in 2014. The Flyers did it to the Bruins in 2010. The Islanders did it to the Penguins in 1975, and the Maple Leafs did it to the Red Wings in 1942. Uh, Rask has won uh, six consecutive games. Uh, That's the uh, longest winning streak in the postseason by a Bruins goalie in 31 years. And uh, Tuka Rask uh, also made 98 consecutive saves on the road this postseason before Carolina finally dented him at 13.48 of the second period. His career road goals against average in the Stanley Cup playoffs is 2.02, 37 career games. Bruins got it all going on. Yeah, like Would it, it be crazy if if the Islanders swept us, then got swept by the the Hurricanes, and then the Hurricanes get swept by the Bruins? I mean, that would be a weird that would be, turn of events. I, I would guess that would be almost unprecedented. But uh, one game away from having it happen. Uh, San Jose is at St. Louis tonight. That series is tied at a game apiece. Uh, 10-15 today on the NHL Network. Team USA takes on Great Britain in the uh, preliminary round of the World Hockey Championships. And uh, I told you last hour, Hornquist, Patrick Hornquist has seven goals for Sweden. He only has five. I, uh, okay, I, I thought I, he got I, two more. So, all right. I counted one game twice as all I was... Right. Uh, He's got one against the Czech Republic, two against Italy, and two against Norway. Sweden plays again tomorrow. But the point is he is uh, playing well, finding the net again, and uh, getting a little bit of feel-good at the end of what for him had to be a an incredibly tough season, both for his team, the Penguins, and the way he was unable to produce. Mike Pursuta with your sports there. Coming up, Jesse Ventura. Gives us a shout, trying to audition for Sean McDowell's job. Also, <laughs> the latest Antonio Brown cameo. He was in town for his speeding ticket trial. Did you see Gene yeah. Collier's tweet? Had a court appearance. Gene Collier with, as usual, the best tweet about that. First two points for the Raiders. Yeah, he got two points on his license. First two points scored as a Raider. Uh, 
Don't forget DV Comedy Festival. <laughs> Billy Gardell is your MC for the evening with Bill Burr at PPG Paints Arena. Roy Wood Jr. from The Daily Show. Jessica Kirsten from HBO's Crashing. Ian Bag, Bill Crawford, all on the bill for the June 29th show at PPG Paints Arena. Tickets available through DVE.com. We release some more tickets to the public. It's sponsored by SouthHillsAuto.com, Disaster Restoration Services, CW Electrical Services, and Dawn's Appliances. If you haven't done so already, get your tickets at DVE.com. Yeah, it's the DVE Morning Show. Randy Bauman along with Val Porter, Bill Crawford, Hard Knocks. Not too far away. Have they announced the team? No. Now, for those of you who are not familiar with Hard Knocks on HBO, there is a selection process, okay? A team doesn't have to be on the show if any of the three rules that I'm about to mention apply to them. One, they have a first-year head coach in place. Two, they have a playoff berth in the past two seasons. Hmm. Three, they have appeared on Hard Knocks in the past ten seasons. For instance, the Packers don't have to be on the show in 2019 because they'll have a new head coach. The Seahawks won't have to be on the show because they've made the playoffs in the past two seasons. And the Falcons won't have to be on the show because they've appeared on Hard Knocks in the past 10 years. So in factoring in those rules and applying them to every team, there's just five teams that the NFL can force to be on Hard Knocks in 2019. I'm hoping for one over any other. The 49ers, the Raiders, the Giants, the Redskins, and the Lions. Now... The 49ers will be eliminated probably because uh, they've kind of convinced the NFL they they shouldn't do it. They don't appear to be very interested. Last year, general manager John Lynch made it perfectly clear he didn't want the 49ers on hard knocks. This year, coach Kyle Shanahan said, it's hard. It's a hard, hard, bad stance, hard knocks, Shanahan said. You will see the worst entertainment possible by me. So he's saying, like, I will tank the show. I'll James Harrison this thing. Yes. All right. Now that leaves the Lions, the Redskins, the Giants, and the Raiders. The Lions, eh, Matthew Stafford, fun guy, sure. But not exactly No, worthy of a television show. Their coach, Matt Patricia, hmm. Not so sure. The guys at uh, CBS Sports ranked them as four out of the remaining four. At number three, they have the Redskins. See, I think the Redskins could be more entertaining than you think. Oh, yeah. All right. There's a lot of drama going on in Washington. Rookie quarterback. Horrible owner. Horrible owner. A fan base with expectations that are never met. <laughs> and, you know, the way the fans are treated out there, they're charged for those practices and you know, it's not exactly a perfect scenario there. The Giants, though. All right. That would be a good it one. It could be pretty good. Yeah. After jettisoning OBJ to Cleveland, the general manager is really the show there, Dave Gettleman, right? The Eli Manning, Daniel Jones situation, Saquon Barkley, total star that they're star. wasting. They're wasting him. So that could be good. But look, we all know. Which team they have to do. There's just one. The Oakland Raiders. Have to. John Gruden. Antonio Brown. Tell you what, man. Tell you what, man. Is Richie Incognito on that team? Did they sign him? I don't know, but if they have, please, please let them do that. They got perfect AB and Incognito in one offseason. <laughs> oh, my God. Not to mention 
the fact that you know they're going to be moving from Oakland to Las Vegas, so they're going to be just trashing Oakland the whole time. Right. They're, look- they're not getting the security deposit back. No. It's like the Civic Arena in the last two years. <laughs> Stuff's hanging sideways on the walls. Everyone's like, F it. Everything's on fire. We're turning, we're tearing this place down soon. Who cares? So you'd have to think it would have to be the Raiders this year. That would be the I most would entertaining show. I love it so much. Far and away. Um, the AB saga continuing yesterday in Pittsburgh with Antonio Brown. Val, what was it? He pled to a lesser charge. Hold on, there you go. I turned my mic off. Um, charges were knocked down to driving at unsafe speed. 100 so miles an hour they, on McKnight qualifies as that. He's appealing the charges. But he, I heard he got two points on his license. And that's where we're at right now. And he was in an empty house, I guess his house in the North Hills, and he was just saying goodbye to all his murals. Is that what he was doing? He was... <laughs> He was going up and talking to his fatheads. No, he was not. Yeah, he was. This was on Instagram? Bye, Jerry Rice. Bye, Randy Moss. Bye, Antonio Brown. Of course, he has his own fathead up in his house. (laughs) Of course he does. (laughs) Well, let's look. All right. We have somebody to replace him on the Steelers in the third-person Olympics. I mean, that's just Benny Snell football. All right, Benny Snell (laughs) taking over for AB there, so... Lest you were uh, afraid we wouldn't have somebody who was proficient with the third-person usage, Benny Snell is here to deliver. But A.B. is a train wreck of a human being. What blows me away about Antonio Brown is he has so much money now. Somehow he wind his way into a huge raise, and he still does cameo. Yeah, he still does cameo. So for I've, those who don't know what cameo is, cameo is basically like a website that you can you, you can um, have a celebrity. Uh, you can have your choice of celebrities make a personalized video for whatever their fee is. And AB's I think is five fifty. And so I tried to uh, get a cameo made for Sean McDowell, who just recently retired. You had AB do a cameo, yeah, for Sean McDowell, yeah. Thought it was the least we could do. Sean's a legend. And this is it. You got it back he here. He needs to get the proper send off. All in case 137. Hey, Sean. Lactations on your retirement <laughs> anniversary. Be sincere. <laughs> Wait, that I also was... understand that you like hash. <laughs> Me too. I get them with my scrambled eggs. <laughs> I'm excited to see you at your future home. Tap helmet. <laughs> Boom. He did it from court. Yeah. He's here and he's a multitasker. I got a little bit off the price because it was he was local. Well, yeah. (laughs) He was running a discount during the trial. That's good for you. But my uh, that was stage direction. I told him to be sincere. He actually read that. He said be sincere. Yeah. <laughs> uh, thanks to AB for that send off for Sean McDowell. Tons of feedback yesterday uh, from uh, Sean's announcement, and it is not something that we're just announcing and we don't feel it constantly. Man, I am so broken I'm up about really this. Upset about it. And uh, yeah, I think people uh, like we're. It is not a situation where like, oh, congratulations. Like we are, of course happy for him to be able to let go of all the stressors of having to work sure. the, the, the job daily but 
man, he's such an important part of this building, yes. and we love him so much that it's uh, it's hard to contemplate what it would be like here without him. So, part of the legacy of the station. Don't forget, you get to listen to Sean all the way through July 31st. That'll be his last day, but make sure to tune in each and every day until then because uh, he is one of the all-time greats on the uh, Mount Rushmore of Pittsburgh DJs. There's no doubt about that. No question. Broadcasting royalty. Sean McDowell every afternoon here on DVE until July 31st, his last day. We're going to have a kick-ass party whether he likes it or not. Val's got news next. What do you got? We're going to talk about the top sex myths. Also, uh, comedian Vinny Fastline in studio later this morning. Pittsburgher who moved out to L.A. and he's been just lighting it up on the uh, on the Sunset Strip out there so Vinny's at the improv tonight he'll join us uh, a little bit later on this morning don't forget anything you miss on the morning show you can catch with the dve morning show podcast start to finish or broken up into uh, bits and pieces we've got it all there for you on the iHeartRadio app or dve.com really anywhere you get podcasts now you'll find us the dve morning show podcast Pittsburgh. And I am almost always on the side of bartenders with everything because people are such jerks when they're demanding a drink. There is something about people's expectation when they're on the customer side of the bar. Like, hurry up and get my drink. This is what I'm here for, and you're the person delaying it. I don't know what it is, but people oftentimes bark at bartenders. So typically I'm on their side, but I hate when I say... Uh, what is the beer list? And then they point to some like chalkboard forty feet in the air that I was With supposed to see right away, beers and act it. like I'm an idiot. They're like, it's up it's there. Over there. <laughs> you came here to read, right? <laughs> Get to the reading. Randy Bellman and the DVE Morning Show. But by and large, bartenders are treated like crap. So treat your treat your waitresses, waiters, your wait staff, your bartenders, all hospitality people. You're at the party with them. They're your friend. Be nice. Tip. Or bring your readers. Stay home. <laughs> Definitely bring your readers. <laughs> or dude, stay home. Dude, I got to get readers. I do was, you really? I do. Are you at that point? I do. I, everybody in my family had glasses and I thought I escaped it. Well, my younger brother doesn't, but I thought I escaped it. And uh, no, it, it has come for me. And the reason I know this is because when uh, I was in New Orleans, uh, I started straining to read like text and you know, you're nonstop in communication trying to hook up with your buddies and stuff. And so I increased the font size <laughs> on my phone. I, I noticed that the other day. It is so big. My it's, friends it's very big. were howling. Every time I pulled out my phone, they were just like pointing and laughing at me. <laughs> I'm like, this isn't worth it. I'd rather have glasses. I didn't realize you could do that. <laughs> what, increase the font size? Yeah. Oh, yeah, you can. It's awesome. <laughs> it's awesome to pretend you don't have to. Re- no, I don't need glasses. As long as everything is 98 font, <laughs> you know, I'll be fine. As long as everything is like the letters on the side of the DVE building, (laughs) we'll be just fine. What do you got? Here's a Channel 11 Severe Weather Center forecast. Center 11. It's 44 degrees at DVE. The news is brought to us by Golden Oak Lending. I'm Val Porter. The two suspects accused in the recent shooting at a Colorado STEM school are expected in court today. 18-year-old Devin Erickson and an underage teenager being held on multiple counts in the case. Formal charges were expected to be filed Friday, but both sides agreed to postpone the hearing until today. One student was killed and eight others wounded in that shooting. A groundswell of social media comments leading Kennywood to undo a change to their potato patch fries. The park says, we've heard from you. 
park goers and fans saying that you're not happy with a perceived change in the cheese used mm-hmm. on the fries. In a tweet yesterday, Kennywood officials say they will revert to their more traditional cheese sauce and thank park goers for their passionate feedback. You know, this is going to result in Brian and Gino having to do something cruel to one another in order to come up with the concoction. It's like Rick Seaback has to add it back in. They pour the cheese out of the steel vats. (laughs) (laughs) He's just, the scalding hot cheese goes over Gino's legs. Dude, it it got real. People were Up in arms. You can't mess with the potato patch. I don't exactly know why they were so mad because i i mean i've had potato patch fries i don't remember like the cheese being so significantly like standing out it just Mm -hmm. wasn't it just regular nacho cheese i mean mean, apparently not it's not not, it's not that easy i don't know why they were trying to switch it out without telling anybody but it got flagged (laughs) i have i have a hypothesis maybe the other stuff is horrifically bad for you with carcinogens by the score and uh you know like (laughs) They were trying to like quietly like, hey, let's get the stuff that doesn't turn mice into three-headed uh, monsters. Well, you know that cheese we've been using with Roundup in it? <laughs> Thinking we should swap that out. Right. And everyone's like, I want my Roundup Give cheese. Give the chemical cheese. <laughs> you jerk. It has to be people who go there many times a year, right? Oh, yeah. It's people because with season passes. People like me who go once a year. Would never notice the difference. I know, but you would think from the reaction that you're going to go to Kennywood and see people like they're like getting like IVs of cheese <laughs> sitting in a like a Barca lounger, <laughs> right. strolling those yeah. IV bag. I'm more of a gravy person anyway. Me too, dude. Ooh, they have that. Yeah, I know fries and gravy. Did they brown the gravy. gravy? Yeah, tons of pepper. Chicken mm-hmm. gravy is pretty good on fries too. That yellow gravy, that fake yellow gravy. Oh if God, I'm eating that, that on fries, uh, an open open turkey sandwich has to be directly next to yeah, it. Yeah, that's a good pairing. <laughs> Was it Greg Warren that said his dad <laughs> ate an open face sandwich <laughs> with his hands? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, that, is, that is a dad move. That's not how you do that, dad. And I don't know if the Hershey Company is going to get a reaction like Kennywood did, but the company says it's redesigning the look of its iconic chocolate bar to include an emoji. This is the first change in the 125-year history of the Hershey bar. The new chocolate emoji bars will soon feature 25 of the most popular emojis in six different packaging designs. They're going to put the poop emoji on there? (laughs) And the eggplant? Here's what, you know, it still baffles me that with this technology that we have, we can send each other anything via phone, like the most remarkable communication device invented to this point. And we have all settled on a mode of communication that deals with like 45 little cartoons. (laughs) And I use them quite a bit. All the time. You are a big. I'm an emoji guy. You're a big emoji guy. The gift guy. Limited edition bars are set to launch this summer. And Pringles is releasing a new mystery flavor, and if you guess it, you could win ten grand. The mystery Pringles will be on sale at Walgreens sometime this month and should be available through the end of July. Val, the Hershey Kiss pretty much is the poop emoji. Yeah, pretty much. You're right. <laughs> and it is delish. So this is going to put eyes on it? <laughs> Please Maybe, don't. yeah. At the Rex Theater, they put googly eyes on everything, like where they don't belong. They just put eyes on it and it makes it look like a face on mm-hmm. something it's so funny like you really can make a face out of just about anything 
A pe- like that's a great gift for kids. Aside from the fact that they probably swallow it and die. Never mind. But Google like a like a a little googly eyes, a bag, like a, of hunt, eyes. a bag of googly eyes. Like here, just start putting this on stuff. Don't put them on the cat. <laughs> I put it on the cat's ass. <laughs> <laughs> Ew! Because like their tails are always up yeah. in the air. They look like an elephant. So they look like a <laughs> they look like a woolly mammoth. <laughs> A travel website is claiming the Long Island accent is the worst, according to a survey published recently by Big 7 Travel. After polling its social audience of the 50 accents found in the USA, the Long Island accent came in dead last. The site notes that while Long Islanders are Long Islanders Long are Island. probably not pleased with the findings, uh, there's no surprise to hear that it's rather unpopular. But in a strange twist, the New York City accent, which is the root of the Long Island accent, is still very, very similar. Uh, managed to finish third on the list behind Texas and Boston. The Pittsburgh accent ranked 43rd, and the Pennsylvania Dutch was 41st, which I'm I'm not sure what that is, but I'm guessing it's like a North Dakota type. I don't know. Pennsylvania Dutch. I don't thought that was a type of weed. Or like an Amish accent. What's there, Amish? I I mean, I know what it is, but what what does um, that accent sound like? It's very it's it's kind of Fargo-y. Kind of Fargo-y, like, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Yep. A 43-year-old man from India is lucky to be alive after doctors removed 116 two-inch iron nails from his stomach. Doctors discovered the nails after doing an x-ray. They determined he is schizophrenic and has been eating other metals, but kept it a secret from his family. So it was together enough at least to hide it from people. Doctors said it was the first time they've done any operation like that. 116 nails. It's like... I'm trying to put this roof up, and I I don't know where all my nails are. Lenny, <laughs> have you been eating my roof nails again? Son of a, you know what? I know where they are. They're in my tummy. Well, you don't want to pass nails. <laughs> no, oh, no, no. Yeah, that's a bad. Mm-mm. If they make it out. Sometimes it feels like I am. <laughs> <laughs> I'm passing nails <laughs> since you've been gone. Pumping iron. <laughs> Pumping iron. Pooping nails. Pooping nails. <laughs> Peeing fire. Something's wrong. Need an MRI. Help me, please. According to the Sun newspaper, there are a lot of myths about sex. The five sex facts that are really myths. Now, this is according to men. Men think about sex every seven seconds. Guys say that's I've it's gone not that eight often. Or nine. <laughs> Yeah, so guys say that's a myth. Big hands or big feet mean you have big junk. Not true, according to men. <laughs> With small feet. <laughs> and small hands. <laughs> Oysters are an aphrodisiac. Good sex has to be spontaneous, and good sex needs to last a long time. Those are the myths, <laughs> according to men. Guys are selling that lasting a long time one pretty hard. Yeah, don't expect <laughs> much. Does it need to last that long? Look, sometimes you eat at a drive through <laughs> And the top five sex myths according to women. All women have a G-spot and know how to find it. Size really matters. Men like sex more than women. Women stop enjoying their own company when they're in a relationship. And good sex has to have a big finish. And those are all myths. According to women. Yeah. Okay. 
It's nice to hear. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> myths. Yeah. Myths. Yes. These are myths. These are myths. Beatles fans are getting the first look at the upcoming Beatles-inspired new movie yesterday, the movie about a man who wakes up in a world without the legendary band and rises to fame by passing their songs off as his own. The film stars Himesh Patel, Lily James, Ed Sheeran, Kate McKinnon, and James Corden. It'll be in theaters on June 28th, and there's a new trailer. You can check it out on the Morning Show page at dve.com. And Roger Daltrey ended the Who's show at New York's Madison Square Garden Monday night by hammering fans uh, sitting in the front row for smoking pot. Roger and Pete both got in on the rebuke of those fans. I've got someone down here smoking pot. I've got to tell you, you will shut my voice down in 15 minutes if you keep doing it. I'm really sorry. I hate to spoil your fun. Can you please eat the shit? <laughs> please. It just take, takes 10 minutes longer to get high. And I wish I could join you in the fun, but... You will shut my voice down, I'm telling you now, and the show will be over. So it's your choice. I can't do anything about it. I'm doing my best fighting it. Eat it. Eat it, eat it, eat it. I know a better idea. There's a better idea I've got. Stick it up, you f- <laughs> It's the quickest way. It's the quickest way. I think it's quicker than eating it. And by far the most pleasurable. I think that's what Rough Boys was about. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, there you go. Top 10 myths about weed. (laughs) It's a suppository. (laughs) (laughs) It is not. And if you're going to use it as such, remember to put it out before you do that. By the way, one of the funniest sketches SNL has had in a long time is the Adam Sandler hosted uh, uh, episode where he did a sketch about an ED drug and he's like, well son, you just take this pill. He's like, what is it dad? And he just pulls it. It's a butt plug. And he's like, that's not a pill. And he's like, yeah it is. It's, it's a pill. He's like, that's a butt plug. No, uh-uh. it's a pill. <laughs> they play uh, PBG Paints Arena on May 31st so don't smoke pot. Don't, take, yeah. Take edibles. The front, I'm, below it in his face. I'm excited for that one now. I'm going to go pay tribute. I thought that last time I saw him would be the last, but it's the who. I got to go. Clouds and sun. There is a slight chance of rain today. Temperature is going to be in the mid-60s. It's 43 at DVE. Well, we had some rough news yesterday, learning that Sean McDowell is going to be retiring on July 31st from doing the afternoons here at DVE. Hi, DVE. Hi, this is Jesse Ventura, Hi. former governor yeah. of Minnesota and WWF champion, mm-hmm. former Navy SEAL, right. star of the movie Predator, and current host of Off the Grid with Jesse Ventura, which is my internet radio show about being <laughs> off the grid. Jesse, I know who you are. You don't have to list your credits every time that you call. Now, wait a minute. Right. Wait a minute. I'm not listing my credits. I'm reading my resume so you can apply me for Sean McDowell's job doing afternoon radio so DV listeners can finally hear the truth that mainstream media won't tell you about. It's... it's a, Jesse, are you, are you okay? Sorry, my feather boa keeps getting caught in my mouth. Wait, now what, what truth are you talking about? This is your conspiracy theories? Well, what you call conspiracy theories, I'd call truth. For instance, did you know that Bush did 9-11? George Bush? No, the band Bush. <laughs> you know, there are so many rock and roll bands complicit in waging wars and rigging the economy. Sean McDowell never told you about that. Yeah. He told you when the flute player from Jethro Tull had a colonoscopy, but he never told you that Jefferson Airplane's lyrics were code for where the CIA needed to 
spread chemtrails to neuter the hippie movement. You better find somebody to love. Yeah, sure. But better yet, better find a gas mask, pal. Well, that's a, a little paranoid. Now, wait a minute. Wait a minute. How's this for paranoid? Did you know that Rod Stewart's stomach got pumped? Not because he was the only goalie at a man orgy, <laughs> but because he swallowed microfiche with the top-secret nuclear plans for the Russians no, on them. That's Jeff not. Beck was going to sell them to the Chinese. That's not true. I you didn't know that. No. These are the kind of hard truths you'll hear on Jesse V on DVE. Patriot Radio from 4 to 5 p.m. every day. 4, four to 5 p- Sean's on from like 3 to 7. Yeah, well, you couldn't handle four hours of Jesse's <laughs> rock and roll truth. Like, did you know that Edgar Winter was actually a communist sympathizing outfit that preached the idea of a free ride courtesy of a leftist government? All right, that's enough. Goodbye, Jesse. Now, wait a minute. No, I'm wait done. a minute. I'm did done. you know that Neil Peart from Rush was indoctrinating millions of young men who we now would call incels with a libertarian manifesto that ultimately extols the virtue of those who are born with more, not having to give to the less fortunate, and equates any form of said taxation as an actual murder of the wealthy class. It's insane. Yeah, everybody knows that. We've all heard Rush's The Trees. Yeah, okay, well, I guess that one's pretty obvious. Well, did you know that Donnie Iris is Mussolini's son? (laughs) It's a fact, Il Duce, translated into English, means King Cool. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. DVE Sports. Mike Pursuta with your sports. DVE Morning Show. Josh Bell, getting it done. Sports Star brought to you by Sport Clips. The Pirates had the bats going last night in Arizona, and Josh Bell leading the charge as he has been seemingly all season. Bell, two for four with a couple of home runs, his 11th and 12th of the season in last night's 6-2 to two win over the Arizona Diamondbacks. Bell not the only guy swinging a big stick in the desert. Starling Marte was three for five. He's got the average up to 265. Marte has a nine-game hitting streak. Gregory Polanco, one for five. He has a six-game hitting streak, and Polanco is hitting three oh eight on the season. Melky Cabrera, three for four. He's hitting three forty two, And the two hits uh, from Bell extended his hitting streak to 14 games. So the guys that the Pirates need to get it done at the <laughs> plate have been getting it done, and one of the guys they're depending upon to get it done on the mound was also in charge last night. A little soft fly ball. Maybe too soft. Ah, Polanco gets there. Well, Musgrove just humming right along. Seven scoreless innings. One hitting the Diamondbacks. Wow. Yeah, Joe Block on AT&T Sportsnet. Wrapping up Joe Musgrove's night. Uh, he only needed 75 pitches to one hit the Diamondbacks through seven innings. Clint Hurdle decided that was enough, so they took Musgrove out of the game at that point. He might have been on the way to a shutout. Uh, he had two walks and five strikeouts in his uh, seven innings of one hit ball. Uh, the bullpen came on, uh, specifically Rich Rodriguez reached for a home run. The seventh home run Rodriguez has allowed this season in 18 and two-thirds innings pitched. That's a ton of home runs in, in 18 and two-thirds innings. 
Josh Bell, 14-game hit streak, hitting 421 during that streak. Six homers and 21 RBI during that streak. He should have Rich Rod pitch to him in the uh, home run derby. All-star game stuff. <laughs> Everybody's going to want that. Just just stay up there. <laughs> arm's going to fall off. Eight times in those 14 games, Bell has had multiple hits. On the way to extending that hitting streak. He is just on fire. I fell asleep watching the game. I woke up this morning. The game was being replayed. And late in the game, they took the bat out of his hands. Just put him on base. Did you wake up right at the spot where you fell asleep? Yeah, close to it. Did you ever do that with a movie? Oh, yeah. All the time. <laughs> Pirates. But you're, you're gonna you're gonna see that more and more. That if he keeps this up, why would you pitch to him at this point? I wouldn't give him anything to hit. Although you know uh, the way they had the lineup uh, set up last night, Marte, Polanco, Bell, and Cabrera. If Marte and Polanco keep getting on in front of them, true, you got to worry about putting them on. And if Cabrera stays hot behind them, and and Colin Moran's been doing okay. He seems to uh, he seems to be in a pretty good spot as long as he's getting enough support. I think that was uh, Andrew McCutcheon's frustration through uh, stretches of his Pirates career. You know, you could pitch around them, right? If they can if they can <laughs> keep protecting Bell, then uh, chances are that uh, he'll eventually get uh, something that he can deal with. Twenty one and eighteen are the Pirates. Uh, four games out in the NL Central, half game out in the wild card. One more in Arizona this afternoon. Three forty. Chris Archer against Zach Granke. Bruins beat the Hurricanes 2-1 last night in Carolina to take a three-games-to-none lead in the Eastern Conference Final. Tuka Rask leading the way as he has been for the Bruins tonight. It is San Jose at St. Louis. That series is tied at one game apiece. That's an 8 o'clock start. At the World Championships in Slovakia, Team USA taking on Great Britain at 10-15. And uh, during a break in that action in Slovakia, Matt Murray, the Penguins goaltender who is playing for Team Canada, did a sit-down interview with Darren Drager of TSN. They call that the Drager Cafe, and they uh, they set up at a little coffee shop in the middle of town and do an interview as people are walking by. And uh, Matt Murray had some interesting things to say. Often uh, not real expansive with the local media here in Pittsburgh, but he talked about the Penguins losing to the Islanders and getting swept out of the playoffs, the way that all went down, and how, although he wasn't happy about the way the Penguins' season ended, he is uh, appreciating the experience. Well, I just think you're never going to grow unless you go through those types of moments. I mean, um, nobody's perfect. Nobody's ever going to win every year. That's just not how, how life works. So, right. Um, you're never going to grow. You're never going to be able to push yourself forward if you don't go through times like that. So that's kind of how I look at it. Those those challenges are what make you better in the long run, and I really believe that. Um, if you don't face any adversity, how are you gonna how are you gonna improve yourself? You know. So um, yeah, obviously I'm not thankful to lose, but thankful to to go through some adversity and and just learn from the process. Hey, you can't change it, right? So you might as well figure out how to to get the best from it. Um, Matt Murray. Uh, 24 as he uh, plays for Canada in the World Championships and he told Darren Drager that a younger Matt Murray might not have uh, been able to grasp such a perspective. Uh, probably not as much, no, yeah. but um, yeah, it's, it's something that I try to focus on, you know. Um, 
people around me just uh, you know try to encourage me to see the see the positive and everything yeah uh, see the learning experience and that's all I'm trying to do is just get a little bit better and better as I go and, and learn from from everything from the good and from the bad and um, so I think you need a little bit of both obviously Murray's one and one uh, for Canada in the world championships uh, he lost to Finland three to one and beat Slovakia six to five. He's got a 3.53 goals against and an 8.77 save percentage. Kid's always been wise beyond his years. Always. Just mature from, from the gate. Always. It, whether it's, you know, dealing with what happened and why or the, the technical part of his game and the, the nuances, uh, he's in a pretty good place. And he's got a long way to go. Good deal. We uh, we don't have a long way to go, but we got a lot more to come here on the DV Morning Show. Val's got news top of the hour. Well, your friend Ahmed Ahmed had an unusual thing happen to him <laughs> during a, a stand-up routine over the weekend. We'll talk about that, that coming up. Forecast today, cloud sun, chance of rain, mid-60s for the high. It is uh, 45 at DVE. Vinny Fastline will be in studio next hour. He's performing at the Improv Tonight. DVE Morning Show podcast available at dve.com. Start to finish. If you miss us or you miss certain parts of the show, you can... Check it out very easily by downloading the podcast. Like I said, iHeartRadio app, dv.com, super easy to find it there. But anywhere you get your podcast, punch in the DV Morning Show, you'll find us. Listen to us start to finish. Take us with you wherever you go. The DV Morning Show podcast. Ew. It's the DVE Morning Show. Randy Bauman, Bill Crawford, Val Porter, Mike Pursuta, Joe Rakicki, our producer. This weekend will be the biggest concert in Pittsburgh history. Garth Brooks is expected to draw upward of 75,000 fans That's to Heinz Field. That's insane. 75,000 fans. Is he doing two shows? No. I think it's just the one, right? Because well, they're doing it in the round? Last time he was here in 2015, he did six shows at the arena I remember that. Over 100,000 fans. That's incredible that he still has that kind of draw. I honestly... Because I don't hear about him a lot. Maybe I'm just not a country music fan, so I don't... The only Garth Brooks song I can name is Friends in Low Places. Yeah, me too. But he is wildly popular. Uh, First time he was here, Scott Marvis did a nice sort of history and review of Garth Brooks in Pittsburgh in the Post-Gazette. Uh, last time he was here, December 2nd, 19... Or the first time he was here, rather. December 2nd, 1989, opening for... Val, you want to guess? Who was a Kenny big... Rogers. Who was a big country act in 1989? Not Kenny oh, Rogers. Oh, Alabama? Close. Maybe it's not close. Oak Ridge Boys. Oh, well, okay. That's the same. Papa, um, papa, mama, giddy up, um, papa. Didn't they sing Elvira? Yep. <laughs> he came back uh, in 1992. He was pretty big. At that point. And overweight? No, he's kind of overweight now. When did he do the weird Chris? Chris Gaines. Chris Gaines. God, I don't know. That was in the 90s at some point because I remember he hosted SNL. He got vilified for that. He tried to do a crossover, for those who don't remember, as an alter ego rock star, like emo rock star. Except he looked emo, but I don't think that the music was emo. Did you? Are you calling I up some Chris, remember Chris Gaines? I mean, I vaguely remember it, but maybe I was just so uncomfortable at the time I blocked it out. I, you can't even find that. Nineteen ninety nine. It looks like it, they don't have it on. Uh, 
He looks a little bit like um, Anthony Kiedis. Yeah. If, if he had short hair. But like chubby Anthony Kiedis. Yeah. Like if but he was facially, running, running uh, in that uh, Under the Bridge video, it'd be a lot of fl- just a flabalanche. An- Anthony <laughs> Kishish. Um, yeah, I don't know. I can't find any of the Chris Gaines stuff. I don't. Did he wipe it from the internet? Maybe. So he's doing Enormo Domes everywhere now, <laughs> and he's coming to Pittsburgh. Like I was saying, the previous record holder for attendance at Heinz Field. Tay-Tay, right? Pitt, Penn State. <laughs> 69,000. I was close. Well, before the concert record was... Taylor Swift's 56,000, yes. Stones had 55,000. I had a weird seat for that Stone show. I like I my memory of that Stone show is of it not in Heinz Field. For some reason, mm. I don't know why. I feel like I, I saw it in PNC Park, but I know I saw the Stones in PNC Park, but the second show, never mind, it doesn't matter. Uh 72,887 <laughs> tickets have been purchased. They expect another 3,000 once all the luxury suites are filled. They're going to go all the way around the stage with tickets. And uh, they're doing a concert in the round. That will equate to 20,000 more seats than what Taylor Swift sold. Plus, they closed the south end of the stadium. So those seats are additional as well, right? Because those seats didn't exist. They sold tickets for this show in all 50 states of the United States. Is he doing a limited tour? Is that the People are traveling. People are coming from Alaska and Hawaii for this show. Come on! His wife is doing some kind of cooking thing before the show. Trish? Yeah. Like you could buy tickets to go to that. Yeah, she's doing like a VIP tailgate or something. Yeah. Almost half the tickets were sold to people living more than 150 miles from Pittsburgh. So the hotel rooms are going to be packed full no vacancy north shore and downtown pittsburgh this weekend <sighs> look out yeah I, and that's the other thing bumpkins. too it's a saturday show so people are probably making a weekend out of it and yeah i would imagine thir- easy to travel thursday weekend, to sunday yeah. is going to be pretty crazy downtown would be my guess a lot of people vacationing in pittsburgh stadium this parking lots open up at two o'clock yeehaw yeah, the tailgate party Trisha Yearwood is doing is sold out. She's a Food Network star now. I didn't yep. realize that. Yeah, she has her own show. Yeah, I didn't know that. Uh, Everything's smothered in butter. The question a lot of people want to know, what will the fans' behavior be like? <laughs> That's what I wondered. Is this an older crowd? Yeah. You'd, you'd have I think to so. think so. Now, if you're going to sell that many tickets, I think that a uh, portion of that Kenny Chesney, like, like party atmosphere is going to be there no matter what you do. Mm-hmm. You think this is more like the Jimmy Buffett age range? Like couples and yeah, older country fans? Right. Boy, I, I mean, I remember going to see Jimmy Buffett at PNC Park and there was like, you know, people in their 40s and 50s like pa- literally passed out like on the ground. Yeah. Drunk. I was going to go hang at Tequila Cowboy this Saturday. Do you think that'll be packed? <sighs> You might want to go down today. <laughs> Sign up for the mechanical bull right now. Get your place in line. I, don't I wonder know what, what our country station is doing for the show. They're, they they got to be out like an army. I don't know. Right. Whatever it is, they're not paying the people who are working it enough. 
They're going to send all the, the staff of Big Out, and it's going to be like the Dothrakis going off into the darkness. All the lights go out. Where where are they? I can't see anything. Whatever happened? Katie? Wasn't there supposed Travis? to be a, a country bar on the North Shore? Wasn't there supposed to be a... Yes. Isn't Who's that tequila cowboys? No, it was... They Toby backed Keith. out. Toby, Toby Keith. No, Keith. I thought his a- place was supposed to be at the Southside Works. No, it oh. was. I thought it was going to be where that Burgatory ended up going. Oh, or was it Kenny Chesney's Cowboy Beach Bar? Hey, y'all, I'm Kenny Chesney, inviting y'all to my new restaurant on the North Shore of Pittsburgh, Kenny Chesney's Cowboy Beach Bar. Well, the reviews are in, and so far, people love it. Well, I came down for Friday's grand opening on Wednesday, I think, and just like waited on my boat for a couple days. And let me tell you something, it was worth the wait. I don't remember a damn thing I ate, but according to my Facebook page, I had a good ass time. My favorite part about Kenny Chesney's Cowboy Beach Bar. <laughs> <laughs> You can throw your damn garbage wherever you please. Just like a real cowboy. Suck that, crying Indian. I threw Funyuns on the prairie. Cowboys win. Cowboys win. Daddy, I gotta go to the bathroom. Just whip it out and free the pee, son. <laughs> this is Kenny's house. It's using the exact same menus, Jimmy Buffett's restaurant, but changing the font in a couple of words, we here at Kenny Chesney's Cowboy Beach Bar promise you food that will remind you of my music. Bland, derivative, and way better when you're drunk. What are you looking hey, at? On, what guys. are you like? Hey, buddy? you stepped on my hey, head. Hey, hey, ah, well, looky guys. here. They're fighting to get in the front door. Kenny Chesney's Cowboy Beach Bar, where pretend cowboys drink foodie drinks, and it's A-OK. A groundswell of social media comments leading Kennywood to undo a change to their potato patch fries. The park says, we've heard from you. Park goers and fans saying that you're not happy with a perceived change in the cheese used on the fries. In a tweet yesterday, Kennywood officials say they will revert to their more traditional cheese sauce and thank park goers for their passionate feedback. You know this is going to result in Brian and Gino having to do something cruel to one another in order to come up with the concoction. It's like Rick Seaback has to add it back in. They pour the cheese out of the steel vats. <laughs> He's just, the scalding hot cheese goes over Gino's legs. Randy Bellman and the DVE Morning Show. Again, I do uh, think that they were finally like, uh, hey, uh, we, we should get rid of that poison cheese and put some actual cheese on the fries. And everyone's like, give us the poison. Okay. The people have spoken. The, Bring the, back the old cheese. The old cheese. Now Give me my old cheese. Authentic cheese. Even the cheese looks like it's from the 70s it's at Kennywood. It's Yeah. I wonder what kind of cheese it actually is. You know it comes in know. a bag. Like that liquid. Oh, yeah. A bag or a can. Like the big giant yeah. industrial cans. You take the big can opener and just. Oh, can you not make that noise ever ASMR, again? ASMR, dude. Is it AMSR or ASMR? I think it's ASMR. So it's asthma. GNR, dude. <laughs> it's when you have the serpentine doing it. That's <laughs> when Axel oh. Rose pouring cheese. <laughs> you want some more cheese? Cheese? 
All right, what do you got? Welcome Here's to the, the channel, Potato Patch. Here's the Severe Weather Center <laughs> forecast. Center 11. It's 52 degrees now at DVE. The news is brought, brought to us by Dormont Appliance. Being born rich is more of an advantage than being smart. Mm-hmm. No kidding. A new study out of Georgetown University found that 70% of rich kindergartners with poor test scores were wealthy by age 25, while only 30% of poor kids with high test scores were financially well off at the same time. While wealthy underachieving students had an advantage, affluent students as a group were also performing better academically overall. Researchers shows their families spend five times more than poor families on child enrichment and development. And and then they bribe the colleges to let right. them go there. <laughs> when they're not smart enough to get in. <laughs> Arlington, Virginia, the fittest city in the country. The 2019 American Fitness Index, which evaluates exercise habits and overall health in America's biggest cities, ranked Arlington first out of 100. Arlington also had the lowest rates of residents who smoke and who are in poor physical health. D.C. ranked the sixth fittest. Seattle, San Francisco, Minneapolis, Denver, and Madison also topping the list. Oklahoma City came in dead last. Pittsburgh 16th overall out of the 100 cities. Top 20, dude. Oh, yeah. We're fit. Yeah, kind of. A dog that's in a, bless you, viral video being force-fed beer by Hofstra University fraternity members is doing okay. A Nassau County SBCA detective says a 21-year-old senior surrendered his dog Buddy to authorities. Buddy is under a year old. Roper says the dog will be put up for adoption. Meantime, Hofstra has suspended the fraternity involved with the stunt. It says any students identified in the viral video will be subject to the university's Code of Community Standards. A farmer from Nebraska managed to save his life recently by cutting off his leg. According to a story on CNN.com, 63-year-old Curtis Kayser was working on his farm when he stepped in a hole that was actually a grain auger. He was being pulled into the machine. He was working alone, so there was nobody there that he could shout for help. He said he didn't have a phone on him and he had to act quick because he was getting pulled into the machine. He remembered that he had a pocket knife on him. So he used the pocket knife to cut his leg off. It's like the farm version of 127 hours. Yeah, after he cut his leg off, he crawled on his elbows to his house and called for help. He said those kinds of things happen on farms all the time. He got his leg stuck in a tractor when he was a kid. He is in rehab. He'll be fitted with a prosthetic, and he says he is confident he and his wife will return to their normal life soon. Today is National Chocolate Chip Day. Just 2% of Americans hate chocolate chips. Uh, if you are listening on iHeartRadio from somewhere other than Pittsburgh, Nestle Toll House Cafe stores are giving out free cookies today if you live near one. None none near us. What kind of maniac doesn't like chocolate chips? I don't know. I, I'm a big fan. The, a, a regular old, like the Toll House chocolate chip cookie, that might be the McDonald's of chocolate chip cookies. Well, I guess it's, Chips Ahoy would be, but it's perfect. Yeah. It really is. Like when they started making them in those little squares that you could just break off and put them on a cookie pan. Super easy. I mean, they dumbed it down seriously for us. I might have to make cookies today. Thank God. Yeah, that would, you know, make some cookies. (laughs) (laughs) He really got upset. Sorry, I was trying to blow my nose and talk. I'm on the radio. Come on, Val, make some cookies. Make some effort cookies. A new survey found more than half of women admit they tell their hairdresser intimate secrets they would never tell anyone else. 
Oh, yeah, I believe the beans that. at the hair salon. That's what there's other people around. You know, it's not unless you're. A, but there's hair dryers going. Yeah, but still. Somebody's getting shampooed in the back. I don't know. It's. Uh, I mean, you check, but I don't know. I just, it's just a thing. It's deep secrets you wouldn't tell anybody else. That's kind of crazy. Walt Disney World facing a lawsuit from a North Carolina woman who was arrested outside the Magic Kingdom for CBD oil possession. Civil rights attorney Ben Crump is representing Hester Burkhalter, and he says he intends to sue not only the theme park, but also Orange County Sheriff's Office for violating his client's civil rights when she was taken into custody. The 69-year-old suffers from arthritis, and her husband says the oil was recommended by a doctor. Burkhalter was arrested last month for trying to bring the CBD, CBD oil inside the park does disney have their own jail because that might be fun Probably. to go to oh yeah goofy's Gaston's just walking by like that's <laughs> all the bad guys yeah. from every movie <laughs> jafar what are you in here for never mind i know <laughs> you're a thief and speaking of Disney, the Disney company says the creators of Game of Thrones will write the next Star Wars movie. Disney CEO Bob Iger made the announcement Tuesday. He told a conference in New York the next installment of Star Wars will definitely be produced by David Benioff and D.B. Weiss, the team behind the popular HBO series. He didn't give any further details. The next Star Wars movie is not expected to hit theaters until 2022. People are pissed because the guys from Game of Thrones have the next trilogy of Star Wars movies. They get to develop it, and they're saying, well, that's why season eight of Game of Thrones stinks so bad. These guys are concentrating on the bigger picture. <laughs> and that's why, you know, the production elements like the coffee cup and, you know, other oh, things. Oh, Jamie Lannister's hand? Yeah, and that was just a promo picture. But, like, attention to detail, some people say are lacking, character development and plot jumps that are too severe, lapses. And it's also the final season. They might be yeah, like, yeah, we're done. Killed off the dire wolf because they couldn't afford the CGI. They got senioritis. Yeah. Conflicting reports today in the ongoing Britney Spears saga. Her manager told TMZ in dramatic fashion, quote, it's clear to me she should not be going back to do this Vegas residency, not in the near future and possibly never again, end quote. Us Weekly confirmed the TMZ report that she's eager to end the decade-long conservatorship. Brittany thinks her father, Jamie Spears, has intruded in her personal life. He decides how she can spend her money and who's allowed to visit her home. Meanwhile, Lynn Spears has moved in with Brittany and observed her mental state. Publicly, she's been very supportive. She told TMZ photographers that Brittany is doing wonderful. A source said, though, it's a different matter in private. Uh, the source saying, quote, Lynn wants Brittany back in treatment, and that angers Brittany. Ex-husband Kevin Federline placing additional tension into their strained relationship. He's threatening to withhold visitation with their two sons until Brittany can prove she is stable and on therapeutic medication. He apparently saw those photos of her running barefoot on the streets of L.A. To her limo, she took off her shoes after she argued with a judge that under her conservatorship, her dad does not have the right, the legal right, to force her to take medications. So that is uh, ongoing. Terry Bradshaw has apologized for an insensitive comment he made about Ken Jeong. Former Steelers quarterback was talking about his appearance on The Masked Singer at the Fox up front when he said he was kicked off the show by, quote, Alan Thicke and the little short guy from Japan, end quote. That little Japanese guy kicked me off the show. 
He um, was referring Korean. to Robin <laughs> Thicke, the son of the late Alan Thicke, and Ken Jeong, who is an American-born citizen of Korean descent. <laughs> Robin and Ken were panelists on the show. In a statement, Terry said, quote, I made an insensitive remark today about Ken, who I've known for some time. I've spoken to him about the importance of cultural respect and <laughs> yeah. apologized for sure. my offensive comments. I would like to also apologize to the Asian-American community for my insensitivity. Also, I want to apologize to Jackie Chan. Just <laughs> <laughs> like to apologize to all the Chinese people out there. What? Why bring them into this? A dead guy and a Japanese guy kicked me off a show. <laughs> and Egyptian American comedian Ahmed Ahmed said it's the first time he's ever had the police called on him because of a joke he was performing in Naples, Florida, on Saturday, and asked the audience. How many people were from the Middle East after a few people clapped? He joked, well, it only takes one of us to tell a joke. That pause for effect in there. Uh, was not that funny, though, to one man in the audience who called 911. <laughs> oh, my God. If you hear something, say something. Joe, you got me on? But last evening, I went to a comedy show. And the comedy show is happening again tonight at 7 o'clock. Okay. At Off the, off, off the Hook yep. on Pine Ridge Road. Are you familiar with that? I am, yeah. Okay. There was a comedian. He's, um, his name is Ahmed Ahmed. And he's, um, you know, Middle Eastern. Uh-huh. And the first thing he said when he got out on the uh, stage was, okay, how many Middle Eastern people do we have here? And a whole bunch of people raised their hand. Uh-huh. I guess they went to see him because he was Middle Eastern. Uh-huh. You know, when you hear the name Ahmed Ahmed. Right. I guess. So, um, and there weren't a lot of people there, I guess, because of the name. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And as the people raised their names, they said, where are you from? Oh, I'm from Iraq. I'm from Iran. I'm from Pakistan. I'm from here. I'm from there. He said, that's great. He said, we could organize our own little terrorist organization. Oh. And I don't think that was right. Right. I mean, yeah, it really little- bothered me. So that guy actually called 911 over that. Uh, oh my two God, deputies dude. actually did go to the club to talk with Ahmed before his Sunday show, but comics said they were polite and just turned around and left. He told the New York Post he kept waiting for Ashton Kutcher to jump out and tell him he was being punked. We, we got to call Ahmed. Yeah, we have to. But if Gary Cannon hears the line... I guess that's why there weren't a lot of people at the show. Uh, no, that's not why. I can tell you why there weren't a lot of people at that show. I thought he should have been arrested years ago for his comedy. <laughs> oh, what's that in a med show? Not a lot of people there? Oh, color me surprised. I've done that club before, and it is, it, it's in Marco Island. It's, it's sort of like, it, it's like a red lobster with a stage. And so you get an older, it skews older, yeah. the crowds. Mm-hmm. And I could see this 100%. Like everybody in there is cracking oysters in a Tommy Bahama <laughs> shirt. And the bar is in the room. And so it's kind of loud and it's, yeah, I could see that place being light on audience. I mean, 
How many times has this guy called 911 in his life? Yeah, I'm just thinking this guy probably shouldn't go to comedy this shows. This is uh, my first time leaving the house <laughs> ever, and I was appalled. Why would he go to that show? He must have got. He must have had free tickets or something. Oh no, that dude was. Yeah, you know, he was. He wanted to go light up Ahmed Ahmed. He was probably. You know, Ahmed probably got off easy on that one. That guy had bad intentions. Yeah, that I line. I guess that's not why there wasn't a lot of people there. <laughs> oh my god, I've got to play that. I don't know who I want to get on the air more, Ahmed or Gary Cannon. Oh, because you dude. know Gary's going to destroy <laughs> Ahmed over this. Well, Can I mean, we get the, them both on at the same time? The I backstory saw- for the audience is that. When Sullivan and Son was on the air, they, they they those guys all did a tour. Steve Byrne set up a comedy tour with Ahmed Ahmed, Owen Benjamin, Roy Wood Jr., and Steve Byrne. And the opener would be Gary Cannon, and they toured the whole country, did theaters right. and clubs. Gary Cannon was the warm-up comic yes. for the audience of the live tapings of Sullivan and Son. Yes, and he would crush those guys He's so good at during that. the live tapings oh. and then all along the tour. Oh, yeah. Every city. Oh, my God. Gary Cannon, one time we were all in the car, and I don't remember where we were going. Southside. No, 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 no. This was in L.A. Oh. And me, we were in like a- in... Is that when you went to the the porn star karaoke? It was that mm, trip, it... but it wasn't, th- th- it wasn't that night. Bill and I went to that by ourselves. That just happened to be across the street from our hotel in Burbank. <laughs> right. But we were in a car going somewhere like in, a, in one of those like Tahoes or something, and the whole everybody was there Gary Steve me you Owen uh, and Roy and we passed <laughs> like a vintage store or something like that or an antique store yeah. and then Gary Gary's like oh uh, he's like I mean there's your your act is in there or something like that <laughs> and it just set off like him and Owen and him and Ahmed used to scream at each other. like they would get so mad at Gary Cannon totally they, take them out of anything comical They'd they like, couldn't even up, be Gary. funny back to him you're ugly he would destroy them <sighs> and I always loved that Steve Byrne kept Gary Cannon around because nobody could get too big nobody ever had like a big ego in that group of people and they're were, they were all you know good comics and, but Gary Cannon would take them out at the knees all the time. He destroyed Owen. Oh my God, destroyed him. He'd be like, Owen, oh, imagine how much much more money we could all be making if we didn't have to pay for your keyboard <laughs> <laughs> to travel. Oh, dude, he would destroy Ahmed too. Ahmed was a Ahmed was could not have been a better guy to, to Bill and I. Didn't oh, you stay at his house? Yeah, right. He's Hashtag the best. lifestyle. Hashtag lifestyle. Dude, we were he, staying on Venice Beach. He lived or Santa Monica. next door to the real world house on season two. Yes, it was a, a, a baseball throw from the sand. Yeah, on the beach. It was a, a, an awesome house. He. Yeah, he couldn't have been a better host either. He was so damn funny and just so nice to us. Uh, so when I saw that story, I was laughing. Ahmed hit me up not long ago because he was talking about potentially coming to Pittsburgh. He's like, hey, where should I play? And then uh, I was going to refer that one to Gary Kinnis. <laughs> I think there's a phone booth on 10th Street. Um, <laughs> Wasn't he doing, didn't he open a club or something in Malaysia? Or yeah, he's something? like, bro, you got to come to Malaysia. And I'm like, I don't know, dude. <laughs> I like you, but are we? I'm traveling to Asia to hang out with you. Cool. <laughs> Gary Cannon ripped on me on Twitter once. I was like, I'm in the club. Oh yeah, yeah. You feel kind of if if he's not ripping on you, then you, you're you're a little worried. It's like right, Don Rickles. you're on the outside. The best thing I ever did to Gary Cannon was make him think I was mad at him one time, and I just oh, I yeah. silenced him. I just you blocked him on I every blocked him on social everything platform, and it drove him crazy. He's like, is, is Randy really mad at me? 
hell. Ahmed was on the show talking. Ahmed's a bit of a ladies' man too. You know, he's hanging around Vince Vaughn and all those dudes coming oh, up. You know, he was a, he was a little bit of a player. But I like living in Los Angeles. The only difficult thing about living in Los Angeles is really hard to meet a nice girl in this town because for some reason all the girls that live here think they have an album coming out. Every time I meet a girl, I'm like, so what do you do for a living? I have an album coming out. <laughs> you work at Burger King. Right? You have my Whopper coming out. Well, let's, let's go ahead and work that out. I'm going to hurry. It's tough. If you guys are here on a date, ladies, you're with your husband or a guy that you really like, if you really care about your man, the next time you go out on a date, when the check comes, chip in a buck. Yeah, chip in two, ladies. Act like you want to pay, all right? Reach, reach. Yeah, guys appreciate independence, right? Yeah, it, it shows strength, it's sexy. I dated a girl for six months, she never paid for Yeah, I popped the question one night, I'm like, you want to chip in every once in a while? <laughs> She snapped on me. She's like, oh my God, I can't believe you just said that. Oh my God. I can't believe you just said that. Oh my God. You might be financially invested in this relationship, but you're not emotionally invested. I'm emotionally invested. I was like, no, I'm also emotionally invested. Every time I go out on a date, I check my bank statement and I start crying. Right? <laughs> it's so funny that that opening joke was every girl has an album coming out here. Because yes. when we were hanging out with him, he like basically picked up a, this girl like while we were like out and about was she an extra on the show maybe no no she went she was at the she, she was, was at the at taping the, at, no 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 it was when you guys did the improv in orange county it is was, that where she was from yep she was in the audience and then we ended up like, hanging out afterwards and then we're like hanging out on the beach with her later on and she's like i have an album coming out and this is my video and <laughs> she's like the video, i don't care and he goes i don't care i don't want to listen to it and he put on Led Zeppelin. Yeah, he's like, I want to hear Zeppelin. <laughs> I want to hear good music. Well, good for uh, for Ahmed for getting out of there without being arrested. The Be cops seem really cool. He posted a video, and he's kind of joking around and laughing, and the yeah. cops are like, we've never um, had this happen before <laughs> where somebody's called the cops on a joke. That's too funny, man. Why would they even investigate that? I honestly don't even know. Uh, I was thinking that, like, why would you even dispatch it? Why would you follow that? up? And if you were gonna just do it to go cite, give that guy a citation for calling nine one one. Those people are busy, Val. Right. Hey, donut fans and aspiring astronauts of all ages, you can reach for the stars this summer. Duncan has launched the new shooting star donut. It's classy. Just like us. It's a special star-shaped treat featuring white icing <laughs> topped with blue raspberry flavored popping candy clusters. Oh, Pop Rocks. Shooting star donut. Plus, their out-of-this-world seasonal menu features cosmic culotta frozen beverages. Yeah, cool. Uh, so uh, they brought nice. us they brought us uh, donuts this morning. Thanks to mm. them for doing that. Uh, we don't have to make the donuts this morning. No, you can. Somebody the, made them for us. They got an app now too. You can uh, order on the, the app and then go and pick them up. Pretty cool. Mike's got your sports coming up here in just a little bit. Josh, friggin' Bell. I, yeah, you know, it seems too good to be true right now. He's got to cool off eventually. He's got to right, come back Mike? down to earth. 
Well, he's on pace for 162 RBI this season. So, <laughs> so yeah, I'd probably say it's probably going to cool down a little bit. How many home runs does he have right now? 12. So he matched last year. Matched last year. Got a little bit of this year left. Mike's got sports now. DVE Sports. Mike, pursued it with your sports now on D. Sports is are brought to you by Dormont Appliance. The Pirates won a series in St. Louis over the weekend, dropping the first game and then rallying for three consecutive victories. They have a chance to win another in Arizona this afternoon. The Bucks beaten in game one by the Diamondbacks, but uh, bouncing back last night to win 6-2. to two. Chris Archer on the mound for the Pirates today. He hasn't pitched since April the 26th. He hasn't won a game since April the 7th. Archer takes the mound with a 1-2 and two record and a 4.33 ERA as he comes off a recent stint on the 10-day injured list. Archer will try to do what Joe Musgrove did last night, and that was bounced back after a couple of tough outings. Musgrove, seven shutout innings. He allowed one hit in that 6-2 victory for the Pirates. Uh, going for Arizona is Zach Granke, who's 5-1 and one with a 3.16 ERA. Granke's resume this season includes a dominating performance in beating the Pirates on April the 25th at PNC Park. He went seven innings in that 5-0 Arizona victory. Allowed just two hits, no runs, one walk, and seven Ks. Granke threw 70 strikes on 105 pitches the last time out against the Pirates. So they've got their work cut out for him, but they've got a couple of hot bats going in response. None hotter than Josh Bell. Two for four last night, two home runs, and four RBI. Bell's 11th and 12th home runs of the season match the 12 that he hit last season. He is hitting 329. He has driven in 39 runs. Yeah, he's got to cool off a little bit, I would think. Maybe just a touch. Yeah. But super impressive. I'm. Shocked. The average is the even as impressive as the power because you knew the power would get there eventually because he's just well, a huge... I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if you knew. You hoped. I mean, I I knew that he his power would come around. Oh, he's just a big. I mean, he's a strong guy. He should hit for power. He, yeah, he hit for power as a rookie. But I've been super impressed with how he's uh, he's hit for average. Yeah, and just crushing the ball. I think the. Distances last night on his home runs were 446 and 460 feet. Uh, those two runs, those two home runs, uh, clearly the highlights on a night of highlights for the Pirates. But that night included Cole Tucker's second home run, uh, the rookie shortstop playing in his hometown of Phoenix, Arizona, and touching them all. There's wow. Tucker sending one deep, and this one is gone. Cole Tucker in his hometown. There is more joy in Phoenix. I love you. That's what it sounded like on AT&T Sportsnet. Did you catch the the end of that clip when Tucker came back into the Pirates dugout and everybody celebrating? He is heard saying, "I love you." Cole Tucker was saying that to Corey Dickerson, who has hardly played this year, Mm -hmm. but is around and is apparently still involved. Here's Cole Tucker explaining to AT&T Sportsnet's Robbie Ismankowski why he feels the way he does about Corey Dickerson. 
Dude, he's been helping me so much, just keeping me in check and uh, just teaching me about what the league's trying to teach me and what uh, what I need to be doing with my swing and my thoughts and my approach. And we've just been talking, chatting it up and watching video. I mean, he's a veteran who's seen everything that I'm ever going to see in my career. And just for him, for me to know that a guy like that has my back day in and day out means the whole world. Like, I love that guy. He's, he's awesome. I can't wait for him to be back. Sounds suspiciously like a team when a guy who's hardly played and is a veteran who's got the experience that Corey Dickerson has takes that kind of an interest in a relative nobody who's just up from the minor leagues because the other guy's hurt. Interesting. Uh, As was Cole Tucker's reaction to hitting that home run. Maybe Bill Mazeroski had a better time going around the bases in 1960 than Tucker did in Phoenix last night. Maybe. It was nuts, man. I couldn't even play it cool. You know, I, I was really trying to, but the, the 12-year-old in me came out, and I was just smiling and cheesing and laughing around the base, like literally audibly laughing. Um, I couldn't have drawn it up any any better, man. I mean, I've, I've obviously been uh, not swinging the bat so great, so to do that in uh, this fashion, in this city, in this stadium, and uh, to help us win the night was awesome. Did he say smiling and cheesing his way around the mm-hmm. base? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, he, I, I don't think he has stopped smiling since they brought him back up. And he mentioned he's not been swinging the bat so great. When we had him on, I mean, I remember asking him about the uh, connection to, you know, growing up a Diamondbacks fan and asked him if it was, you know, difficult to be playing against them now in, in any way, shape, or form. Not expecting that it would be, but his response was, no, screw the Diamondbacks. Like, <laughs> right. But not all the friends and family that have been attending these games. Uh, they did, uh, AT&T Sportsnet did a story before the first game or during the first game about how one of the ways Cole Tucker learned to read was by reading the 2001 Diamondbacks Media Guide. <laughs> That's hilarious. And memorizing everybody's hometown and the guys who went to college and all the little factoids that are in those things. Well, that have been like Lugo and Schilling and Randy Johnson? Yeah. Yeah. Craig Council, right? Oh, yeah. Was he Those are some good teams. Yeah, he was in Diamondbacks, too, though. Was he? Pretty sure. Was, Gonzalez was uh, the guy who either scored the winning run or got the winning hit, right? In the World Series, yeah. yeah. Pretty sure he got the the hit. I don't know. I just know they had that one-two combo that you just couldn't touch him in a series. They got two automatic wins every time, you know? Yeah. It's, it's a start. Seven, that helps. Yeah, yeah. But uh, Game 3 against uh, Arizona today. Uh, Blues-Sharks tonight, Game 3 in the Western Conference Final. That series is tied at a game apiece. St. Louis, uh, an interesting team, an interesting story this year. Last overall in the NHL standings as of January 2nd. And the Blues trying to get back to the Stanley Cup Final for the first time since 1970. They went in 68, 69, and 70 and got swept every year. Haven't been back since. The 1970 Stanley Cup Final ending with the Bobby Orr overtime goal in Game 4 when he took a pass from Derek Sanderson from below the goal line, jammed it in from the slot, and then jumped to avoid tripping over the stick of goaltender Glenn Hall, and they turned that into a statue in Boston. 2001 Diamondbacks, Brian Anderson, Rod Barajas, Miguel Batista, Danny Batista, Jay Bell. Tony Womack. Tony Womack, Tony Alex Man. Cintron. Uh, Craig Council, Midra Cummings, Mike DeFelice, Luis Gonzalez, Mark Grace. Murderer's Row, baby. He was 37. Dang. Randy Johnson, also 37. Byung-Young Kim, 
was on that team? Little Japanese guy. Chad Moeller. <laughs> Easy, Terry. <laughs> Kurt Schilling. Junior Spivey. Greg Swindell. Matt Williams was 35 on that team. And uh, Bobby Witt and Tony Womack. Just some of the names on that roster. I think the ones you got to remember are Schilling and Johnson. Yeah, the two that, <laughs> yeah. well, one has HOF next to his name. And one eventually will. Lyle Overbay also was on that team. Reggie Sanders, former Pirate. Oh, yeah. All right. You think Schilling gets in eventually? Yeah. After he dies and shuts up for like 40 years, yeah. then they'll put him in? Yeah, basically. That's how it works. Top step show. Same thing will happen with <laughs> Pete Rose, too. Get a statue of him standing on the top step. <laughs> Way to go, whatever hey, your name is. Hey, good nice job. Set. Comedian Vinny Fastlines at the Improv tonight will join us next. It's Randy Bauman and the DVE Morning Show. Pittsburgh Vinny Fastline moved out to L.A. a long time ago, and... Uh, I tell you what, he's been absolutely kicking ass doing comedy in Los Angeles against everybody's predictions, quite frankly. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> nice. I kid, Vinny Fastline nice. is here. He gets Thank a round of applause. The Thank hometown guy has you. come back, and he's absolutely uh, – you, dude, you are killing it. I Thanks, mean, I, I can't believe how awesome uh, your career is going out there. You're working with, like, all the big shots. Yeah, yeah. You should hear about his personal life. Yeah. Not killing it there. Not, no. not at all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Abby, I'm dead inside. All right, Abby, I'm sorry, Abby, I forgot your last name. <laughs> Robert. Abby Robert is opening up uh, for Vinny Fastline tonight at the Improv. All right, so Vinny, why aren't you killing it in your personal life? Oh man, uh, <laughs> this is this just got to a heavy uh, radio <laughs> yeah. show. We don't have a lot of time to <laughs> no, promote no. your show. No, no, no. it's uh, yeah, I'm you, good. You I'm, I'm, there. I did go through a breakup recently. Yeah, but that's all right. We don't need to talk about that. <laughs> no, uh, Abby, let them steer me. Well, yeah, I am, dude. I'm going where you're telling me to. Yeah, That's yeah. fine. Yeah, you know, I thought you had something going there. But look, you're always, uh, you know, hobnobbing with the with the celebs. I know you and Dane are like boys. Yeah, I was touring with him for a couple of years. So this is my, actually my first year that I'm headlining on my own. I am opening for Michael Rappaport some dates this year. Oh, um, nice. Yeah. Oh, wow. So he's he's really fun. You he's, have to tell Dane to unblock me. He blocked me on Twitter. Oh my uh, god. Because Why he did he, do that? he tweeted out. The older you get, the more you see life is is just like high school. And I said, well, when you date 17-year-olds, that's going to oh, happen. Man. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, I dated a 17-year-old. What do you want I, me to do? It was a joke. I thought comedians took jokes, man. Oh, man. That's I know. He, it gets, he gets so just, sensitive about that. You're brand. never going to open for Dane. <laughs> there was never any danger, yeah. Oh, Last man. person I opened for us, Bill Burr, and now I'm opening for Vinny Fast. Yeah, it's a big, it's a big downgrade. Rejection. Yeah. You're not killing Real, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, Let's talk about what happened think, to you, Abby. How did you go from going inside. from Bill Burr to Vinny on a Wednesday night in Pittsburgh? Yeah. Oh, man, I don't know. I thought I was doing everything right. Yeah. So you're a Western Canadian, and I always found that Western Canadians, like, I love Western Canada. Vancouver is, is such a great town. And yeah. it, but it seems less Canadian. It seems almost like an Asian city to me. Well, yeah, it's like, yeah. It's, it's like 65% people from different parts of Asia. Yeah. yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh yeah, but even the architecture and everything—it's very cool, very progressive yeah, town. Vancouver, yeah, awesome. yeah, it's cool. But then if you go like ten minutes outside of the Vancouver, it's just kind of Canadian redneck suburbs. <laughs> it's like it's it's, it's it, every every major metropolis, beautiful city. You go one minute outside, and people are like, "Oh yeah, you see the game," you know. <laughs> like it's just it's it, every city is like that. Vinny, how how has your um, outlook on things changed now that you've been you're an LA guy now dude yeah and when mm -hmm. you come back to Pittsburgh 
Pittsburgh hasn't changed all that much. It's still I know. Pittsburgh. We were just talking about this this morning. I mean, look, I, it's a love-hate. Like, I love L.A. I hate it, you know. I think since I've been there, you get a little, like, you get exhausted and bitter. I mean, people are not mm-hmm. the same. I mean, this is this is my hometown. This is, like, the, the people here can be real. Out there, they're super flaky. Like, mm-hmm. some of my best friends, it takes them, like, two days to text me back. Like, my buddy, mm-hmm. he's one of my best friends. He never responds. It'll be, like, a day or two. I have to, like, make them paranoid. I'll just text them, like, dude, I don't believe what they're saying about you. <laughs> and then he'll text me back like what are they saying about me <laughs> like that you don't text back dude that's what they're saying <laughs> no but it's just like yeah you know people are flaky the dating scene's like rough you know I've been I, w- I did just go through that breakup I was I mean I was single for five years and then did that girl for a year and a half that was uh that was a uh, rough yeah but, but you're willingly single for five years it's you're that single because you want right, to be right. single that's it's not true. like you were having trouble like you know when you're doing the spots you're doing you can meet girls yeah yeah that's true it was fun for five years sorry no no it's good it's good i've sort of converted to the la lifestyle like i yeah. fought it for the longest time and then yeah. i drank the kool-aid I and mean, by that i mean I went on a juice cleanse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's awful. I don't recommend. It. I did 14 days on this juice cleanse. No right? way. 14 no, days. Now, was no. the purpose of this to detox or to lose weight? Uh, just to look good. I don't. I don't care about how healthy I am. I just want you know. I just <laughs> it's want to superficial find a only. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that is, of course. That is very LA. Yeah. And so I did 14 days of this juice cleanse, uh, but I didn't look into it. Right. So I drank nothing but Sunny D. <laughs> and I brought back scurvy somehow. <laughs> so. Oh my god, Sunny D, yeah, dude. Not not as many nutri- nutrients as you'd like. Yeah, See, that, I would that's think also the, the would... budget we're on for the juice cleanse. Yeah, I thought yeah. I was. I thought scurvy would be the one thing you don't get. <laughs> and yet, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, because you can't just run down the street and get like your uh, you know avocado smoothie uh, quite as easily as you can back in L.A. When you're back. Oh, down home here. In, oh yeah. yeah. Where are you staying? The South Hills? Are you with your parents, or where are you right now? Um, well, yeah, we're staying at my, uh, South Hills with my sister, and then this weekend I'm doing that insurance convention. I'm so I'm staying downtown. I think Wyndham or something. I don't know. Yeah, nice. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's nice, dude. The South Hills are, are the best. There's oh, juice my whole family's over there. Pittsburgh. They got juice. Yeah, hey, yeah. We got juice places. You just gotta yeah, go over dude. some hills. Kale yeah. bars. Yeah. They don't. Ha- I mean, yeah. It's. I feel Cold like this progressive. It's, yeah. I feel like this, this city's gotten pretty progressive. Well, much more so than it used to be. I mean, yeah. it used to be like. Uh, like 15 years behind everything and yeah. now it's only uh, it's only a couple downtown is isn't scary anymore i mean that's a that's a new thing yeah. i was just telling them how clean the city is so i'm i, I talked so a big clean. game oh yeah well if you go over to lawrenceville i mean i think most things over there are kind of you know uh, on the more progressive side south side slowly catching up but you know suburbs are suburbs everywhere america right. looks exactly the same in yeah. every suburb yeah. you go to yeah he kept yeah, yeah. prepping me i'm like i'm like i've, I've lived in jersey new york like yeah. I, in like it's all, it's all the same. I'm blown away by how many trees there are. I've just been in the desert. Oh for man, so we miss grass. It's just nice to see. <laughs> it's crazy. I feel like it. I'm like my. I'm coming back to life being around green. Stuff. Yeah, the fact that you guys have fresh air and just trees. It's like I don't know how fresh we, the air yeah, is. Oh no, no. Compared to LA, it's this like is smoking fresh. 82 like, packs of cigarettes a day. Yeah, people. It's smog city, man. You just yeah. go on a hike and it looks like it's foggy. It's smog. Yeah, ours is more of an invisible. Uh, uh, pollutant, <laughs> yeah, uh, w- around here. They are not so good. The water, on the other hand, is also terrible. So uh, <laughs> definitely drink bottled when you're home. So, dude, terrible. being at the improv, I mean, this is a cool thing for you. You come back into town, you get to headline in your hometown. No, that's great, man. I'm excited. Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, this is my first year that I'm touring, too, so I'm doing a bunch of the improvs throughout the country. Uh, and, uh, yeah, it's great, man. I mean, I've been opening for a lot of guys for a while. So, so who else have you been working with? 
I mean, when you're in LA, you work with everybody, so you name it. Well, I meant like, have you been on on the road? Yeah, Yeah. Nick Swartzen, Dane. Oh, um, that's awesome. Nick is great. Nick's great. Yeah, he was here. I was on the road with Dane then when he was here, but uh, Nick, you know, Michael Rappaport, Louis C.K., Bill Cosby, (laughs) uh, (laughs) all the greats, all the greats, Woody (laughs) Allen, you know, uh, yeah, yeah. sure, (laughs) nice. Well, you can catch Vinny with Abby tonight at the Improv. Call four one two four six two five two three three. Go to Improv.com for tickets. Grab them at the door. What time does the show start tonight? It's at eight. If you if you follow me on Instagram, then I, I could give away some free tickets. So I'll give away Sweet. ten you know ten tickets if people hit me up on Instagram. Vinny Fastline. You're like the AB of comedy. And if you're a cur- cute girl that wants oh, French kiss, oh god, on oh, do we want to go there? <laughs> you're, uh, you're, don't insult him like that. I no, know. no, that, that, that did, that did was, come up. Can I just? Say, I meant just fan interaction wise. Dude, that's I got I got to mention this now. You just made me think about it. I, I, uh, so like, it's, it's. First of all, Hollywood's not glamorous. It's people think it is, but it's not. And like down the street from my house, there's just like a bunch of homeless people in tents. I saw one of the, this, this like homeless dude wearing an Antonio Brown jersey. <laughs> I was crying, laughing. I took pictures. I sent it all my buddies, and I go, some just Pittsburgh fan ticked off just is like you're taking this jersey yeah oh no yeah the, a bunch ended up in goodwill there's oh, no yeah. doubt about oh, it oh for sure yeah the oh, ones man. that didn't get burned right yeah there yeah. were plenty that were actually that. set ablaze man what a shame it is what it is but right. follow Vinny on uh, on instagram he'll tell you more about what's going on this weekend tonight though is the, uh, the show to go see and abby this is your only show in pittsburgh right yeah yeah, well, I'm gonna open for him at the the insurance convention, but you guys can't come there. <laughs> I'm just trying to find a good rate. If I can't find a good rate there, then I don't know what I'm doing. That's the only reason to go. <laughs> go check it out, man. Hey, it was great to meet you, Abby. Yeah. Vinny, congrats Thanks, on all your man. success, congrats, man. Dude. We're Thank happy you. for you. Thank you, guys. Go see those guys tonight at the Improv. Th- uh, thanks to uh, Jeff Conkle for being here earlier this morning. Don't forget the the Game of Thrones roast that Jeff and uh, John Dick Winters and those guys are doing. Get tickets oh, for nice. that at BurningBridgesComedy.com. Oh, I want to come to that. Uh, I know, right? It's such a great idea. Uh, Big Cat from Barstool Sports on the show tomorrow, along with Stan Saverin. Am I missing anything before we go? I don't think so. All right, we're out of there. Go to the Improv tonight. See Vinny Fastline. Vinny, welcome back to Pittsburgh. Thanks, buddy. All right, man. We'll see you. I'm finished. You stay classy, Pittsburgh. Don't touch your face. Hey, got him tight, Pittsburgh, all day, baby. For now, you guys call me Ronald. Would you not eat my pants? Ronald. Ah! Mm-hmm.